Hello, hello, and welcome to the Mild and Lazy Guys podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Matt. I'm Andrew. And on today's show, we're back with our usual bag of tricks. We've got junk mail for you. Uh, in our Mount Rushmore segment, we talk about our dream places to live. Uh, we've got Pick Your Poison. Uh, this week, we, re- we reviewed the movie Weekend at Bernie's. Uh, I'm not sure of the... Uh, not sure of the uh, Release date on that one. 1989. 1989. First 80s movie. Okay. Uh, And then we're going to get into some sports. We're going to talk about the week that was the Dallas Mavericks week. Uh, A lot of departures. Just a weird week around here in in Dallas for Mavs fans. Um, And then we're going to close it out with what are we watching and what are we listening to. Uh, Before we start, if I could, if you haven't already, please rate and review us on iTunes Give us a follow, subscribe to the show, follow us on Spotify, and you can also follow us at Mild and Lazy on Instagram. So what's up, man? What have you been up to? Well, we um, kind of started a new tradition the past couple weeks. So as you know, we got Ellie a new bed for her for her birthday, a little bunk bed, big girl bed, and we started on Saturday just having little sleepovers. So two weeks ago, we had a sleepover in her room in an air mattress, and we watched... Mitchell versus the Mitchells versus the Machines. How was it? It was amazing. It was, uh, it was, good, right? it was a great movie. Yeah, highly recommended. Like even if you don't have a good. kid, good, great good, movie. Good. And then this past weekend, good. You know we were doing it again, another sleepover. This time we did it on our couch. We had like a nice big sectional couch. And again, we watched the Mitchells versus the Machines. And so tomorrow, Saturday, we're gonna have another sleepover on the couch. We're not gonna watch Mitchells versus the Machines. I think we're gonna watch Luca. Uh, Unrelated to Dallas Superstars, like the new Disney movie. Uh huh. Yeah. He's like a fish boy. It looks like they're in Italy or something. I don't know. I don't know how Highland Titch is going to be. We might end up watching like Spirit again. But I don't know. It's fun, you know? It's something different to do on the weekends and it keeps me like out of trouble. Gets me spending time with my kid a little more. So there you go. Sleepovers. And then um, we went to the doctor a couple weeks and got confirmation. Claire's having another baby. All right. She's Congrats. pregnant. Thank you. And we, so we, we got another little podcast member coming up pretty yeah, soon. Yeah, huh? might have to switch rooms. But luckily, there's just a one heartbeat. I think Claire was getting tired of the Sophie's Choice jokes that's been going <laughs> along because I like financially, I was like, I can't afford a third child. So, all jokes aside, I'm happy we're just having one kid. Uh, well, no, she's like 12, 13 weeks along right now. So, um, I think it takes about 20 weeks to determine the baby. And, and we're not going to have like a gender reveal party. Like, we've determined, like, those are silly. Like, we're not going to like you know shoot out blue or purple cannons or whatever it's like we'll just find out what we're having so we'll we'll know here in a couple months yeah it's like two months away we'll know for sure okay well that's big uh that's big congratulations thank you it's always good having another one now he's gonna have says the guy who had one and done you know that wasn't the plan but you you've know. told me y'all were done though like a year ago You're like i'm never having another kid well you said lauren right i think lauren was actually the one like we go back and forth i mean because claire was all about it man she she wanted a kid she just couldn't keep her hands off of me like <laughs> what can i say like she really did she wanted another kid pretty bad so 
Well, that's I was awesome, like, well, um, and like you know, we talked about earlier, like twins running running both of our families. So I was I was seriously like concerned when we got that first sonogram. She's like, oh, and there's the heartbeat. I was like, the one heartbeat, right? You she's were like, waiting- yeah, just one. Thank you. You're waiting for the other shoe to drop. <laughs> yeah, it's like I am not having twins. <laughs> like I'm gonna have to get a second job. We're gonna have to sell this house, move in with my parents, like something. So well, that's just awesome. the one kid. Oh, and they said um, expected delivery date is December 27th through January 1st. Okay. Because they're able to pin down, like, yeah, you're yeah. about this far along, um, which is cool. My niece's birthday is December 27th. Claire's is January 6th. So it's, like, going to be in between Andrew's all that. January 9th. Yeah. So, yeah, no, that's awesome. We can all have joint birthday parties. She, well, good thing about her being pregnant when she is, is she's going to, like, the toughest part of the pregnancy, it's going to be cool outside. Yeah, that's what so we are talking about. Because she's, you know, obviously we're claiming about the heat, and I'm like, babe, you're, like, barely pregnant right now yeah. i was like imagine if you were like seven yeah months right now and you still had two more months to go it's like that's miserable lauren's got a girl that she works with um we know pretty well and she's she's like eight and a half nine months pregnant right now like if she's like she's right there at the finish line yeah, she's ready to be she's done. done dude. yeah she's I, still I working imagine. you know so good lord yeah so uh, lauren worked up until she like a day before she had landry wow um, fucking troopers dude yeah Shout out to the women. Speaking of that, uh, any plans for Father's Day? Um, no. Nah, I told Claire she can mow the yard and cook me dinner. <laughs> but, yeah, <laughs> no, I don't know. Um, we're not. I don't think we're doing much Sunday. She's like, you know, you can do whatever you want. So I'm like, I probably won't do anything. But I think Monday, because we're off on Mondays, we're gonna yeah. go to Forever Young Records in Grand Prairie. Oh, nice. Which is if if it's not the biggest record store in Texas, is it one of the biggest in the country? I've heard. I've heard. Yeah, I've heard that. Definitely too. Texas. Like I was telling my buddies about today, I was like, it's like an old warehouse. Yeah, you know, it's mm-hmm. huge. And um, it's a good way to spend a couple hours. Yeah, because I told and we're gonna and Ellie's gonna go to her little school, so it's just gonna be us two. Because I told her a certain record I wanted, and she looked on eBay and she's like, it's like 35, 40 bucks, and that's just bids keep going up. And I was like, yeah, I was like, you know, you don't, you know, don't worry about it. I was like, we can go to Half Price Books sometime, and then she suggested Forever Young, so I think we're gonna do that. And then like my mother in law wanted to take us out on Monday, nice. So we might. She wanted to go to the Ugly Heifer. And in April, but I've heard mixed. Yeah, I see your face mm. now, so maybe not. <laughs> I went in the first few weeks, and I'm not. I'm trust me, I'm not one to bash a, a restaurant. Um, and I need to go back and try them again. Uh, but my experience was not pleasant. I, a guy at work just completely tore them apart. Uh, for one, I'll, I'll tell you a couple of things. Uh, and I don't want to be restaurant guy, like, but, but. it just ugh, they put sweet pickles on my burger, no, like I bread hate and butter sweet pickles. Pickles. I hate sweet, that's just no. that's a. That's a crime in itself here in Texas. That's how you get a burger thrown back at you. Um, and then uh, Lauren ordered the Philly, and I'm a Philly connoisseur. Like I love Phillies. Yeah, and it's to hard me, to screw those up. To too. me, Phillies are you know provolone or whiz, cheese whiz, whatever you want to do, grilled onions uh, or you know and or grilled uh, you know like green peppers. Yeah, it's and pretty then, simple. And then yeah. your meat. They put lettuce and tomato on it. What? Yeah. It's not a club sandwich. So those are two big things right there. Um, those are huge red flags, actually, like coming from a, two big guys. Like, I don't know. The service was great. Don't get me wrong. The service was great. You know, they did a good job on the inside. Lettuce it was tomato? clean. But, yeah, uh, bread and butter pickles on a burger and then the lettuce and tomato on the Philly. You know what I do with my pickles, though? I really love pickles. People think, like, I hate – I'll take them off my burger, but I save them till the very end, and I wrap them around a french fry and eat my pickles okay. that way. Fried pickles. Uh, if you want a pickle hack, uh, my Lauren got this off of TikTok. Oh, Lauren. Uh, I was going to say my wife, but everybody knows my wife is Lauren if you've listened long enough. Um, so you take a ranch mix packet. Do you like ranch, first of all? Of course. Okay. See my body. So 
It's <laughs> built by ranch. Yeah, are you kidding me? Ranch um, dip, ranch, everything. So you take a ranch mix, dry mix packet like you're going to make homemade ranch, and then you take, you get a jar of fresh jar of pickles, you take the lid off, you dump the ranch packet in the pickle jar with the juice and everything, kind of shake it up, let it chill overnight or half a day or whatever, and then you've got ranch pickles, and they've changed my life. Like, we will really? not just, eat. Just take a pickle out and, and just munch it. It's a ranch pickle, yeah. We won't eat pickles another way now. Like, it's so these, good. like, fat kid hacks. Like, Dude, I am it's in. so good. I know what I'm doing Sunday, just eating ranch <laughs> pickles. Ranch pickles and olives. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, we're not doing anything either. Like, she asked me, she's like, well, do you want to cook? Because a lot of years I do, like, throw something out on the smoker or. Too like, hot right now. Yeah, like, I was, no, she was no, like. This year. Do you want to go? Do you do? I was like, no, let's just go somewhere. Like, I don't want to cook. Like, it doesn't even have to be fancy. You could take me to Jersey Mike's. Like, I was I'm honestly going to say, I might go to Jersey Mike's. I'm good with that. Yeah. I'll um, meet you up there. <laughs> we'll, yeah. We'll leave the wives in the cars and we'll eat yeah. inside. So I was like, yeah. So we're not going to do anything. Um, Landry had his first T ball game yesterday and it was about 98 degrees. Heat index about 108. Yeah. They, it was a six o'clock game. Um, brutal, man. I was out. I'm one of the coaches, so I was out there in T-ball. You can have a, you can be out there on defense, you know, like in you know in zones to help the kids, kind of guide the kids. You can you can have one coach by the pitcher, and then you can have up to three other coaches out in the field, just kind of help. Right, because it's along. it's herding cats. Uh, you know, T ball is, is it's T ball. It's T ball right now. Yeah, it's straight yeah. up T ball. Um, I hate to be the coach pitch and like be the coach that's <clears throat> a kid. Right, I'd be so nervous. I'm gonna be in a kid. So um, I couldn't do that. So yeah, it was it was super hot. I got too hot yesterday. Like we were gonna go out to eat afterward. Her mom was there. I pulled up to the restaurant. And I was like, I gotta go home. Like I I got sunsick or I just got too heat hot. Sick, yeah, I got heat yeah, sick. That's a real thing, um, man. But yeah, it was about what you'd expect for a first game of five and six year old Hilarious. kids. It was I was I was honestly gonna text you like, can I just come and watch? You can. Like I'll, it would just be funny. You can. Uh Landry is first at bat. He made contact, got a hit. He ran so he hit it kind of to the third base side of the pitcher. So when he hit it, everybody yelled run, you know, the parent it's gotta be chaotic for a five year old. So he runs toward the ball. So he's running through the middle of the infield. Oh no. Wielding his bat. <laughs> <laughs> Looking like a madman. And finally, like, we get him on course, and he runs the first. And, uh, Did he ever let go of the bat? He finally just chunked it? Yeah, he finally just chunked it. And then the like second Dominican time. Dominican League, like, bat flew He just, like, air. tossed it down. <laughs> uh, second at bat, um, he got he got on. Um, but I've got to call out the walks at YMCA real quick. Cause <laughs> they have some rules that I've never heard of. So when we were playing, when I was playing, you got three outs or five runs and then per inning per five inning. five run inning. Yeah, yeah so if you get three outs you're done or if you've got no outs or one out or two out and they get five runs it's done right that makes sense here they let just half the team bat so you bat half your lineup no matter what no matter what no matter Even if what. it's three up three down they still yep. get the next yep. like two or three guys yep up. That's stupid. Super I've fun. never heard of that. Super weird. Is that just to be like more inclusive for the kids? Like I, everyone gets a chance? I don't know. It's like ultimate participation trophy <sighs> moment. That's what it reminds me of. Okay. Okay. Now they won't let them run. So until the when I played, mm. and even like when my nieces and stuff were playing, until that ball got under control and got held up in the air. It was like a dead ball moment. It was a dead ball. Yeah. And you could run. Here you can only go one base at a time. What? And Unless it gets hit out in the outfield. And let me tell you. 
it ain't getting hit out to the outfield. These kids are barely making contact. Oh yeah, it's like little dribblers. They're dribbling. Yeah. The pitcher gets the most action. <laughs> yeah, I, I believe you know? that. Yeah. So that's your you, best field. You can't right advance there. runners. So we spent uh, two practices teaching kids the signs. So, so you only know this until the game. Until the it, game. Oh, that's bullshit. Until the game. Yeah. Uh, another one. You cannot tag the runner with the ball. You well, have they, to run to the base. And we were teaching right for little kids. That's a lot easier. Like yeah, if you can just, just touch, touch the kid yeah. with the ball, they're out. Can't do that. So, you touch so when those kids are actually old enough to play, they're gonna have to relearn baseball. That's what basically. me. That's what me and the the head coach were talking you're not about. Like, them baseball you're not right teaching now. them. Yeah. You're not preparing. And this is big T ball. So here they have like pre K and kindergarten T ball, and then they have uh, first and second grade T ball. So this is the advanced T ball. He's first and second grade T ball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're about to move up to another level where it's going to be like actual baseball. So they need to be learning this. And stuff. we spent two practices teaching kids to find their first and third base coaches and teaching them, you know, when I'm, when I'm waving my arm around, that means keep going. Or when I hold my hands up, that means stop. Yeah. Y'all Doesn't matter. Really putting effort into teaching these kids about the sport. Doesn't for matter. Nothing. Doesn't for matter. Nothing. Yeah. That's bullshit. The, the umpire started us 15 minutes early. It was a six o'clock game. He had he had us line up at five forty five. Something going on that night. He's like, let's get this shit going. He wouldn't. He he was so they're timed games, right? So fifty minutes. He was counting us down to the second. We were the last at bat. We were the home team, so we were we we got last at bat, and it just happened to work out that way that we were up. But he was counting us down to the last second, and he wouldn't let another. Once the clock went off, he would not let us. Let I was like, at least let us finish our at bat. Like we're the home team, like. We should get to finish our at bat. Like you're cheating the kids. The kids don't know that. Oh well, the time ran out, and all they know is that team got to bat three times, and we only got to bat twice. Right. So and it's really and, just unfair to them. And you started us 15 minutes early. <clears throat> so it was kind of a shit show. It was hilarious. Um, frustrating though. It sounds frustrating too. Well, especially because of the time you put in with practice. And it wasn't even toward the kids. The all the kids did great. Right. It was just it was poorly ran in my opinion, um, and this is the second this is the second instance I've had at the YMCA where things were just poorly ran because he played soccer through the Y too. Take but, sign him up for the uh, uh, yeah. sports yeah, complex. Where, yeah, yeah, that's where we played. Oh, it's but, through the Y though. Yeah, it's through the Y. Huh. But yeah, if he continue if he wants to play again, we'll go sign up through just like Waxhatchee Baseball Association right. or whatever. Something else. But Ellie's going to be getting to that age too, so pretty yeah, soon. Yeah, but it was cool. I mean, he had a good time. I mean, he about had a heat stroke. All them little kids did. So we had plenty of water. Lauren's the team mom, so we cool. we had snack and drinks for the first game. So I had Gatorades and Cheez Its for the kids. It was cool. It was cool to see him out there. I got him some eye black. Oh, nice. He uh, give him some pine tar for the bat. <laughs> he didn't want to wear it until I had to Google like baseball players with eye black, and I'm like, no, look. This is, Look at Bryce Harper. This is what ball players wear, and he's, so finally he put it on, and then one inning in, it's all just gone. <laughs> he looks like he's in a Norwegian yeah, black metal band. Yeah, he just. <laughs> but it was pretty hot. I won't ever. I don't know if I'll ever do it ba- summer baseball yeah. again. Fall ball is the way to go. Yeah, spring and fall. Uh, but yeah, so that was we just been doing baseball the last couple weeks. Well, I might come out to a game. That sounds fun. Uh, we've got some eight o'clock games coming up. I'll yeah, I'll let you come to the eight o'clock. Yeah. Let me go. Yeah. So, but yeah, we just been doing baseball and. He's been into it. I think I'm going to take him to a Ranger game on Sunday and check out the new ballpark. Oh, so that's what you're doing for Father's Day. 
Yeah, I didn't even think you about made that. It seem like you weren't at any plans. You're literally going to a brand new billion dollar stadium. That's I didn't even think cool. about that. I may not go because of the crowd, though. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm that tired. I'd rather go to like a Tuesday night game or, or something. something where it's not as crowded. Because yeah, that's I'm, what I'm saying. I'm like same thing with a movie. If I really want to see a movie, I'll wait about a week and then I'll go. Like, oh, on we a did Wednesday. go to the movies. We went and saw Peter Rabbit two last Friday Ooh, while while they were working on our AC. Because that was out, out for two house. weeks. Um, Golly, that's bullshit. But yeah, so Peter Rabbit 2 is really good. And that new theater, I cannot Dude, brag nice. on that theater it's really nice. enough, man. Rec- like, electronic. Every chair electric. is built for a king. Dude. They had the power right recline. There. Yeah, power recline tray. That's swivel right there. Tray. Swivel tray. Dude, it was, I cannot brag on yeah, it enough. Yeah, because last we went for Ellie's birthday and it was between Scoob and Untamed Spirit course you want to see spirit so that's yeah. what we saw i forgot to mention spirit untamed the horse movie and it was actually pretty good yeah but we played games afterwards yeah you know, and all yeah, that you can like bowl or do whatever literally like spend a whole day there oh yeah uh peter rabbit 2 was good i recommend it if y'all are looking for something i gotta see the first early. one i got no plot points man really oh no dude peter rabbit is a solid franchise <laughs> it really is all right all right so with that said let's get on to junk mail And Andrew has our first story. All right. This one is from Spring Hill, Florida. Of course, its customer finds a seven-foot gator inside a Florida post office. They say neither rain nor snow nor gloom of night will stop the U.S. Postal Service, but an alligator could get in the way. Uh, let me stop you. Do they really say that? Is that a thing y'all say? I've never said okay, that. Okay. All right. Just no, checking. That's something really stupid. Just checking. Trust me. There's stuff that will stop the mail. Like when that epic snowstorm hit, and I was like, <laughs> where's my mail? I was like, well... The plant's shut down. That's where we get our stuff from. The roads are shut down, so you're not getting your mail. We have no electricity to sort it. We have no transportation to get it here. So not going to get your mail. It's that simple. If a hurricane hits, we're not going to deliver the mail in the hurricane. It's just I think it's just something they started a long time ago. They like, should just tweak that. I mean, if it's like, like a downpour, like, yeah, you got to keep going. Like, I've had to work where, like, tornado sirens are going off and hail's hitting my car and, you know, rain's coming down and crazy shit like that. But if it's like, we, you know, the plant's, like, shut down, because everything comes from the Dallas District plant for us. Yeah. If the plant's shut down, we can't do anything. That's yeah. literally if where we don't have any mail to give, like, yeah. what's the point? Exactly. So it's like, if you get your mail, you got to go out and deliver it like right. well, like that day that tornado that came the um couple like two months ago on a monday because i was off we went to the zoo we talked about it um my guy came back and was like i'm not going back out there you know and this was like two hours before it got real bad and they made him resign right there like you have to go out and deliver this mail if not you know you got to resign and he just straight up resigned the weather didn't wow. get bad for a few more hours but that's what he tried to play um but if yeah if you get your mail you got to go out and deliver that shit that's like one of the only times I ever got written up um, was because I refused to go out and take mail. And because um, there was like a tornado coming, dude. Fuck that. But um, that's what happened at this Spring Hill post office in Florida's Hernando County, according to a sheriff's, uh, sheriff's office. Sheriff officials say someone stopped by the post office at about 3.30 a.m. Wednesday to drop off a package and saw a seven-foot gator roaming around the lobby. The building has automatic double doors that allow off-duty entry. Off, off hours entry, my bad. The Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission considers an alligator a nuisance animal if it is four feet or longer and deemed a threat to people, pets, or property. This is the best part. Florida has an alligator hotline just for these types of situations. <laughs> 866-932-4286. I've got an issue with that because, like, even a gator that's, like, 
three foot eight no, inches tall uh, is yeah. gonna tear your ass if it's up. bigger than my arm it's a nuisance to me like that's a threat oh, i'm not going near gator because i always wonder like how fast gators are on dude, they land. are quick dude like you see them move they just shuffle their little arms and legs and they like, can scoot across i don't know what i would do if i would because you know, you're not thinking maybe in florida you are finger up the butt <laughs> i heard that works on just about any animal yeah like a dog fight if you want to break up a dog fight you just finger <laughs> one of their butts for real man like i don't know from experience but i've always heard that like pit bulls coming at you just fingers but how you gonna assert your dominance, <laughs> assert your dominance. <laughs> that's how you do it that dog's like oh shit okay like i'm done now yeah, get a little you, pleasure you a little won pain. you won yeah dog's over there smoking a cigarette <laughs> I just maybe in Florida you are thinking I may run into a gator, but you know I could imagine oh, yeah, running there a, like ten at night, thing. like you're kind of groggy, you're tired, like, and then you just walk up on a seven foot gator. Seven foot gator's fucking huge because you know that thing's got to be like three feet round. Yeah, you know, like a around so it's like that gator probably weighs a thousand pounds, <sighs> and he will roll you across that lobby. <laughs> That's when I just go nope, and I start backing out. Uh, I just thought I thought that one was a good one to give to you. Because I'm a postal worker. You are because <laughs> I wrestle gators. <laughs> yeah, nobody knows you. You're your gator control around. Yeah. That's why you don't see gators around here. Because you know, Andrew's that's why I only got three fingers <laughs> on this hand too. All right. Uh, so my headline reads: National Geographic adds a fifth ocean to the world map. Oh, I heard about so that. So I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. We got a new ocean. Oh, you could think of three: Atlantic, Pacific, and Indian. What's the and fourth? Arctic. Enough? Arctic. I thought that was a sea. I thought it was the Arctic Sea. Nope. I got it right here. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, article reads, National Geographic announced Tuesday that it is officially recognizing the body of water surrounding the Antarctic as the, oce- the Earth- Earth's fifth ocean, the Southern Ocean. The change marks the first time in over a century that the organization has redrawn the world's oceanic maps, which has have is historically only included four, the Atlantic, Pacific, Indian, and Arctic Oceans. Quote, the Southern Ocean has long been recognized by scientists, but because there was never an agreement internationally, we never officially recognized it. National Geographic Society for, uh, geographer Alex Tate told the magazine. It's sort of uh, geographic nerdiness in some ways, uh, Tate said. We've always labeled it, but we labeled it slightly different than the other oceans. Um, this change was taking the last step and saying that we want to recognize it because of its ecological separation. The Southern Ocean stretches from Antarctica's coastline to 60 degrees south latitude, excluding the Drake Passage and the Scotia Sea, according to National Geographic. The newest body of water makes it the second smallest after the Arctic. So, I just didn't know that National Geographic has the power to make that determination you know i think um, it'd be like some committee is like no national Ge- geographic just decided fifth ocean well no they, they i did i didn't or did read they make all. the announcement maybe i didn't read There's it gotta all be like a committee or something yeah they said that they uh they submitted a proposal to some organization yeah, okay the acc or something uh i just didn't read it because you know it could get monotonous but uh yeah so okay. uh, whatever happened to pluto did Pluto... Pluto I know. lost its planet ship, man. It's too little. Okay, so it's we... It's a dwarf planet. So we lost the planet, we gained an ocean. There you go. I guess that's a fair trade. <laughs> it, yeah. It's not like we're going to fucking Pluto anyways. No. Uh, I read I read that there was a small petition started, signed by like 13,000 people. Because you know Elon Musk is taking like the first trip, like the like commercial, like... I yeah, guess SpaceX. Like, yeah, yeah. No. Or his is like, no, sorry. Like, not Elon Musk. Bezos. 
Bezos. That's the story. Remember, because I asked you, I was like, you got you got news stories? Like, yeah. I was like, well, I got one. It was that one. People signing a petition to make to Bezos stay in space. Stay in space. Not, not let him back come. on Earth. <laughs> yeah. That was the story I was going to send you. Fair trade. Because you were like, no, we got, I was like, no, you got stories. Like, okay. I didn't say anything, but mine was the Bezos. Yeah, I read that. And I space. thought I thought about, you know, including it. But yeah, I read that. <laughs> How about we keep him there until he pays his fucking taxes for his business? Well, he gone. paid less in taxes than my wife shopped in. And that's a $1.7 trillion company. Well, Less taxes than Claire's Mosaic Hideaway. Yet here we are. Ain't that a fucking shame? With mics, new mics that we bought from Amazon. Yeah, I got them in one day too. Yeah, I got, I got, I got it next day. That's what I texted you. I said, I got the mic. Fuck you, Bezos. <laughs> like it's so convenient. Like asshole. Of course he's a billionaire. Oh Piece of shit. shit. You know what? That we're closer to being millionaires than Jeff Bezos is. Yeah. Like he's so far past being a millionaire that we're closer to being millionaires than he is. Yeah, he makes about. 2,000, 3,000 a second. So since we started talking about him, he's made a year salary for us. Fuck, man. Uh, all right, let's move on. <laughs> let's just talk. Let's just... That makes me sad. Uh, all right, so as I mentioned in the intro, our Mount Rushmore this week is our uh, ideal yeah. or dream places that we would like to actually live. Yeah, this is more like... Not, I'm, not I'm vacation, no, I'm but here. this is a permanent residence. Um, I'll preview mine. It's kind of just basic like basic bitch just places really? but you got dream places to live you went basic bitch well there are actual places that i think i would i oh, think dude, i would gonna, like to live i'm gonna blow you out of the water then. okay i'll let you go since you hyped yours up. all right i'll go first my first one i'm living in a lake house a lighthouse my bad lighthouse off lake superior i always wanted to visit the great okay, lakes that's pretty dope and now i can live in my very own lighthouse at the top like the right on the coast right there yeah i'm gonna be right on like Canada, maybe looking over, or uh, Michigan, looking over at my Canadian brothers. I can go out on the lake anytime. That sounds pretty good, actually. My, I had a great uncle that uh, lived on a lake house. Really? Yeah, he he uh, he was in the Coast Guard for like twenty years, retired, okay, and then sense. he did something else and retired. Dude, he lived the dream. He's he's the one that then bought like an RV for like quarter of a million and would just drive around the country with his wife. Like that's nice. that's me and Claire's dream now. Is nice. um, fuck, what was his name? Charles. It's my great uncle Charles. He lived the dream, dude. He lived in a lake house. He lived in a lighthouse off Lake Superior, and then just drove around the country. All right, okay. Charles. All right. Rest in peace. Uh, yeah, he was Charles. Cool dude. Um, all right, so my first one, and this is uh, totally not totally. It's majority um, soccer related, but England. I would like to live not in like just a huge, England. not in a huge city, because I wrote down London, but you know, I think London would be kind of lame. But maybe like a smaller city. I don't know the. I don't name know. three other cities. Uh, in Brighton, You're which going is off soccer, aren't you? Yeah, down yeah. by the coast. I shouldn't. I should have made this um, easy. Yeah, down Brighton, by the coast. There Hull, you go. Um, Liverpool, Liverpool, but that's kind of a bigger city. Uh, Birmingham. That's uh, an Alabama. <laughs> That's Birmingham. Oh, you said Birmingham? Birmingham. 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 That's an Alabama. Uh, and I don't know. I just love kind of So British. you're just going to be part of like that soccer culture. That, That's why you want to go and there. And I like British culture. Like I like drinking beer and watching soccer. Yeah, and I like British, you know, kind of. I have that. I can at times have that dry, just kind of British <laughs> sense of humor. I like, I watch, I like British your TV are, shows. Your teeth are too nice, though. You're going to have to really. Do some work on that. Yeah, you have to start smoking, getting a couple fights. Yeah, I, I can do it. that. Uh, but yeah, just England, somewhere in England. Um, I'd live in the English countryside. Yeah, that's fucking yeah. nice. Yeah, English countryside is beautiful from what yeah. I've seen in movies. I would I've like, never been. you know, something something like that. 
Um, but yeah, just to be kind of part of that culture, I've always liked it. If I couldn't live there, that's definitely on a bucket list, like vacation. Like, oh, yeah. I really want to go to like... Dude, go to a soccer game yeah. there? That'd be dope. I want to go to London and go see as Arsenal like a neutral, play. Yeah. As like a neutral citizen, because I'm not yeah. getting caught up in a fight. No, I went to... I saw a match in Italy, um, in Milan, and that was... Next level. That was crazy. Yeah. Saw a 10-year-old smoking a cigarette with his grandpa. Both of them just... <laughs> Chiefing on the cigarette. I could totally see that. Like an espresso in one hand. <laughs> a bottle of wine. Starting uh, them young. All right, so what's your next one? Next one for me is Dracula's Castle, also known as Bronze Castle in Romania. Ooh, Total Romania. isolation. I could throw the best Halloween parties. It's like exclusive. Like, you're not getting up to my castle because I got a fucking moat around there. So you're not getting up to my with, castle. With gators. With gators, yeah. And if you know, I got like people impaled on the way there. You know, Dracula style. What are those things called at the top where, like, the guys with the bows would sit? And, like, yeah, the archers. Like, I'm going to have gargoyles up there. Okay. Yeah. Just so, you know, just total isolation. Are you going to drink blood? I'm going to give you, everyone has to take a shot of blood when they come in my house. Of course, mine's going to be Kool Aid. That seems fair. Mine's Kool Aid, but y'all can drink. That seems fair. Yeah. Okay. I just like the idea because I was like, I want to live in a castle. Like, who's got a cool castle? I think Ireland. Bowser or Dracula? I think Ireland and Scotland have a ton of like old castles that are obtainable like like you could literally like you can buy put money together right now and yeah because uh, going back to like house hunters like there's house hunters international and i think there was one episode where they were in scotland and they were trying to decide between three castles castles oh, yeah shit. and a lot of them needed a ton of work but, like obviously. this one was built in 1472 it's, exactly AD. yeah it's like jesus christ yeah so i think there are actual like obtainable like in scotland that's ireland a of, uh, that's yeah. a fixer-upper right there. for sure you need chip and joanne Gaines to come over and put <laughs> some be ship lap everywhere in this fucking castle <laughs> dude fuck them like i went down to waco to their oh, magnolia yeah, yeah i don't like I embarrassed Lauren so bad because the whole time, like, I was, I put on this, like, real thick, like, redneck accent. I was like, <laughs> Chip, where the fuck is Chip at? <laughs> you told me Chip was going to be here. She's like, Matt, shut the, f- shut up. People are looking at me. Dude, it was all overpriced junk. That's what I've heard. Everything's so expensive out there. It was just over, but I did have a good cupcake. They had, like, a little bakery next door that Joanna like, ran. Like, one nice thing you had to say is she got a cupcake. That's Dude, nice. it was a nice cupcake. It was a great cupcake. Well, there you go. Good times, there. All right, so you're going to live in Romania in a castle. Yep. Okay. All right. Uh, my next one is somewhere on the coast of Australia. Like, I thought, you know, beach living would be nice. Mm-hmm. No language barrier. It's gorgeous, Seems obviously. Like Australians just want to have a good time, too. Yeah. Only thing that concerns me is like every animal there is designed to kill you. <laughs> yeah, like Dude, everything they, there is designed to kill you. It's terrifying when you see like look, you look at this spider from Australia, and it's about the size of like a basketball. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but uh, no, I think somewhere like along like the I think they call it the Sunshine Coast. They have the coral um, reef out there. Yeah, the coral. Beautiful it, man. It just it would be just I could imagine just not even a big house, just like a little almost a shanty, but just like a little hut almost. Literally walk. It's out all about the location. Is what you're there out for. onto the beach. Yeah. yeah, you know, eat some nice seafood every day, drink some Fosters, throw a boomerang. <laughs> Just all know. the stereotypes. <laughs> fucking play didgeridoo. <laughs> Let's fucking. Then you sm- fight a kangaroo. Maybe start an outback steakhouse. I don't know. <laughs> Every stereotype you could think of, just throw it in there. <laughs> no, but I, I really think. Uh, I really think uh, the coast of Australia would be, Beautiful. you know, really gorgeous to live for in. For sure. So. All right, for me, my next one, I live in an it's an A-frame log cabin. Yeah. I've always loved A-frames, but in the Swiss Alps. See, I almost went Switzerland too. 
So I'm going to be totally neutral, no wars, no problems. I'm going to have like... It's kind of how we are anyway in like life. Like I don't want any war. No, I don't exactly. want to fight. I, so I'm going to the most neutral country. Like what is that in between like Germany and France like borders? Yeah, on? they're... And so I'm yeah. just like, nope, y'all, y'all can fuck off and do your own thing. I'm just sitting here like... I'm I picture my- me like in a valley, you know? So there's just yeah. Swiss Alps... I'm in a valley, and there's, like, one little log cabin with, like, smoke coming out of it. Yeah. And I can, like, herd my goats all day. And I'm going to eat f- really fine Swiss chocolate. Yep. I'm going to make watches. There and I'm going to have Swiss bank accounts. Again, and with I'm the gonna have my, I'm going to have my Swiss <laughs> army knife to fix everything. <laughs> Every stereotype I can think of. Chocolates. Uh, what is that? Uh, hot chocolate and, yeah. like, Swiss something. Hot, yeah, so Swiss hot miss. chocolate. Yep. <laughs> and you got it, man. All right. My third one is... Uh, Probably a mountain house in Idaho somewhere. Nice. You know, it's kind of desolate. You're out there kind of on your own. A lot of uh, white supremacists out there. That's where the Aryan Brotherhood was formed. Oh, great. Yeah, there you go. Great. Didn't think about that. Yeah, a lot I was just thinking of about white scenery. supremacists in Idaho. Wasn't There's that Ruby some, Ridge? Uh, was that in Idaho? Was that in Idaho or Washington State? Mm. I think he moved. I think he moved from Washington to Idaho. Okay. That's remember there's where all those white supremacists were. That's how he got okay. involved well, with them. Stay Randy away from, Weaver. Stay away from them. Okay, so... You're just going out there and eat potatoes, right? Yeah. You're going with French fries. Idaho potatoes, no white supremacists. What the fuck else are they known for? Uh, yeah, but just a mountain, like a house in the Rockies right there. Probably get some, minus the white supremacists, probably some good salt of the earth people out there. <laughs> minus the ones, yeah, for sure. <laughs> minus um, those guys. But yeah, just probably just, you know, isolation. You know, the winters would be harsh, but, you know, whatever. But yeah, because yeah, it Idaho. borders, tip of it borders Canada. So if yeah. Because it's a weird shape. It's like, the tip, almost like how Oklahoma's the panhandle, mm-hmm. and then it kind of opens up. Yeah, it so. opens up at the bottom. I think it's got Utah uh, to the south. I bet it'd be dope out there, though, man. Yeah, uh, Montana to the east. You'd have some good uh, fo- college football, Boise State. Yeah. Have that cowboy connection. Yeah, man. Yeah, but uh, just like a mountain house. I was thinking, you know, I was trying to hit all of them. Maybe kind of metropolitan Yeah, England, I kind of did that, too, yeah. Kind of beach with Australia, and then maybe the out- mountains with Idaho. All right, uh, what's your last one? My last one is uh, the beach house. I'm going hut on the beach where they filmed the Corona commercials. So that's the beach I'm going to live on is the Corona beach. That's probably somewhere in America realistically, but... No, it's somewhere in Mexico because Claire's actually been... uh, She went on a couple cruises before we dated and... Uh, yeah, she's like, I got. To sh- I forgot. I should have asked her the name of it because it's like, an, it's not the Corona Beach, but she's like, yeah, I've been to where they film all the commercials, and it's somewhere in Mexico. She was like, it's beautiful. Oh, so dope. I just like, you see those huts with like the the straw, straw yeah. Roots, and I was like, yeah. that's where I live, right there. Dope. Yeah, I'll just drink oh, Coronas, cool. I guess, and talk to Tony Romo. You eat tacos, man. I can do that. Yeah, I could do that. I could. I could drink beer and eat tacos all day. Yeah, for sure. I'm hungry. I could go for a taco right yeah, now. Yeah, you didn't get to eat, man. We went to Mod Pizza before this. You caught us right when we got home. I love Mod Pizza. Shout cool. out Mod Pizza. Yeah. Um, okay, so my last one, and maybe it's, I don't know what it is, but I usually hate these people, but it's all sports related. I picked Boston, but yeah, like maybe, I don't know, something about like the fall in Boston with like the colors and... I think Boston or somewhere in the Northeast would be kind of cool. Yeah, like Vermont, New Hampshire, yeah, Ver- New England, basically. Maybe New England, yeah. New England, yeah. Maybe Vermont, New Hampshire, Maine, Maine. Yeah. Go to the furthest point of Maine, you know, fur- furthest east. I almost throw a rock and hit there. Canada. That'd right be there. a big rock. You're kind of like more that way. Yeah. If you're all the way into Maine, that's true. That's true. We're, uh, we're, we're past Canada. Yeah, somewhere kind of up in the Northeast, New England. Um, I just think it would be really pretty in the fall. It is, dude. Your summers wouldn't be too, too bad. Nope. You know, winters would be whatever, but you just have to put 
put up with the people. The accents are cool. Um, you get used to the accents. Yeah. They are annoying at times, but I think after a while it'd be like endearing. And it'd be endearing for yeah. sure. And apparently if you move to Boston, you get a championship parade every other year. Uh, what's that? What? What's that? Oh, you're being sarcastic? Yeah, I'm yeah. being very yeah. sarcastic. Well, they, they seriously do, do nothing but win championships. Um, I have some honorable mentions. Uh, Lauren visited Austria, which is right there by Germany. Um, yeah. And she showed me... she. Uh, showed me pictures and it's just gorgeous. Like it looks like somebody painted a picture, like kind of how you described um, uh, Switzerland. Like there's just two like high peaked, like not really, I guess mountains, but then there's a lake in the middle and you can see like the perfect reflection of like the the two sides of the mountain and the trees and the water. She took Sounds a picture like, a- like standing on a bridge. Wow! And she just said it's just one of the most gorgeous places on earth. So I picked Austria and then I went. You know, Hawaii. I've never been. Hawaii would be pretty cool. You're still, you're. I was going to say, you're still kind of American, but, I mean, you are American. Uh, Definitely still. So, American. you know, you go eat seafood and hang out on the beach and be a beach bum. Just so, a lot of money. You've got to have some money to go out there. Or yeah. just be a beach bum, like you said. Money's not an option. I didn't, I didn't put true. that I as a parameter. I guess in this situation, I have all the money I need. Yeah, I didn't put that as a as a issue. Uh, you got any honorable mentions? Yeah, mine. I had um, what's coming up here. Bernie's Beach House in the Hamptons. It's pretty nice. It's yeah. a little outdated from the 80s, but while I was watching this, I went ahead and added Bernie's Beach House. So I got to live up in the – so I'll be up northeast with you too. Yeah. You come, I'll come down to Boston. You come up to my beach house in the Hamptons. Yep. Uh, Ted Kaczynski's Log Cabin. I was going to make that joke because you you know, you've got the hair, you've got the beard. All you do is got to make a bomb and you'll complete it. What do you mean make a bomb? <laughs> it's already made. Don't open that drawer. Um, I got an Amazon, uh, Amazon Treehouse. So, like, make my own treehouse in the Amazon jungle. I thought you were going to say, like, in an Amazon warehouse. No, that'd be weird. No, I'm, like, in the fucking jungle. Like, like eating snakes and getting chased by tigers. Again, another place where everything is trying to kill you. <laughs> oh, yeah, but this is, like, way more tropical. Where ah, it's like that. Gotcha. Where it's like, you know, like a frog could lick me and i die. Yeah. Last one, Richie Rich's house. But I replaced the McDonald's with a Whataburger. I'm so, surprised you didn't go Jersey Mike's inside. Damn it! I try to stay on the theme of burgers and fries. Okay, I see what you see what you did there. Okay, so that is our Mount Rushmore of our ideal or dream places. We a lot would of isolation too. Live. We're not we're not yeah. inviting people over to our. Nah, we're not having we're not having housewarming parties. Stay away. <laughs> uh, y'all reach out to us and let let us know where you would want to live as a permanent residence. Uh, with that, we're going to move on to our pick your poison segment. They've been. We've had like two or three weeks of just absolute busts. Yeah, it's It's my turn. I'm gonna. This one's gonna be good. I feel it. Okay. All right. Here we go. Okay. Would you rather know when you're going to die or how you are going to die, and you can't change the time or method of your death? How I'm gonna die? Because if you know when you're gonna die, I mean. I don't know. I feel like you just start a ticking clock in your head, and it would just like fuck with you. Mentally. Well, at least at that point, you could kind of know. Okay, I got this long. Let's start ticking off some of the stuff that I want done. That's true. But if they're like, "Yeah, you got two weeks," then it's like, well, "What can I do in two weeks?" I can do a lot. But if they say you're gonna get hit, you know, you're gonna get in a car wreck every time you get in a car, you're like, <laughs> "Fuck, is this it?" Is I'm yeah, gonna die? yeah, you're gonna have anxiety. Yeah, I'm, your I'm, whole you know life. I'm gonna change my vote. I'm gonna know when I'm gonna die, so I can check everything off, like you said. Yeah, I, like, I, I changed my vote. Like I'm, if I'm you gonna found know out, when I'm gonna die. like okay, you're gonna you're gonna die of a heart attack. Like every time, like I sneezed, I would be like, oh shit! Every is time this you it? eat a burger, or is this it? 
fuck. Okay. So I would, I think I would want to know when I like, give me, I need to know how much time I have exactly so I can make a plan. If it's a week, so be it. Uh, seven, eight years, so be it. Whatever. At least I know we can start ticking some stuff off the boxes. Quit my fucking job and travel or something. Yeah, exactly. All right. So that was a good one. Return to form right there. That yeah, I'm definitely, one. yeah, you got to know when you're going, because if, like I said, if it's like you're going to die in a car wreck, I would be so paranoid every time I get in the car. Yeah, I mean. You couldn't live, that would just fuck with you, and then you'll probably end up having a heart attack in the car, thinking yeah. you're going to have a car wreck, but no, your anxiety just like gets to you so much, and you just like freak out in the car and have a heart attack. Exactly. So it would just tear you up mentally. Yep, it'd be torture. You'd be dying twice. Yeah, you would live in like constant fear Yeah. and paranoia. Okay, all right. So that was pick your poison. Uh, like I said, that was that was good. That was more of what we were kind of. Yeah, I, I changed for. my vote. You're right. All right. Um, and with that, let's get on to the movie review. Uh, we reviewed Weekend at Bernie's. It was released in 1989, as Andrew mentioned. Um, you got any overall? Do you got any fun facts for me on this one? I don't. I put it as one of my favorite childhood mov- movies. I used to watch like this and Hook and like Fox and the Hound. But like rewatching this movie, man, like this was like a let's not clear, like this had to have been PG thirteen and it like was pushing some envelopes. Yeah. I'm really surprised I got to watch this as a kid. Yeah, my I, I seriously watched this like dozens of times. Me too. Like my parents was like, Go watch Weekend at Bernie's, you know, if I was getting on their nerves. And I would just go watch it and I was like, I didn't get all the cocaine references. Nope. Blondes with big boobs and thongs walking around. Oh, yeah. Bernie, like, necrophilia. That lady's fucking a dead guy. Yeah. Like, so many things where you're like, Jesus Christ, that's kind of a dark scene. All right, so let's get into it. It has been a minute since we watched it, so I'm going to try to keep us... I'm going to try to keep us in line and, um, and you know, keep us making sense here. Uh, but we open up with uh, Rich... And Larry. Larry. Rich and Larry, they're two friends. They're working at an insurance firm. Uh, we open up and they're pissed that they have to work on a Sunday. They're traveling into work. They're walking to work. They're in New York City and there's a heat wave, which probably means it's like 90 there. <laughs> yeah, it's not like it's there. It's not like sure. it's here. Um, so, yeah, they're, they're going to work on a Sunday uh, guy tries to mug him on the bridge. He goes, "Get the hell out of here! It's, it's too, too hot, hot for this." Yeah. Uh, so they get into the office, and Larry, he's Larry's more of the uh, carefree. D- yeah. What I actually put on here is I related them to um, friends characters. So I put uh, Richard is like Ross. Yes. And Larry's like Chandler. Good. Yeah. So that's taking because like Larry's like the more carefree, go about it guy, whereas. Richard's more like nerdy by the book. We gotta do up, this. Yeah. yeah, buttoned up. Yeah. So that's um, how I kind of based those characters. I was like, when I was watching it. So, you know, he's like, let's get out of here. And they end up on the roof in a pool. Um, and they bring their work with them. And they're getting tar from the roof all over the place. And they discover that there is a $2 million mistake. Like, there's a $2 million discrepancy in the books. Um, and. They realize, hey, this is our chance. Like, this is our chance to move up in the company. Stop working weekends. Yeah, stop working weekends. Um, so they got to wait for Monday to tell Bernie. Got to wait for Monday to Mr. Lomax. Um, and I wrote down, I forget where in the movie this was, but I think Larry tried to pick up line. He says, "Oh, he says, you know what would look good on you? Me." And I wrote down, "You, you couldn't say." 
You couldn't say that nowadays. No, and there's a joke later on in the movie where the guy was like, I like what you're wearing. It'd look even better crumpled, crumpled up, up on my yeah, floor. Yeah. And he's like some 50, 60-year-old drunk guy like hitting on a college. But uh, that's, that's real. That happens know, it's just all so the time, dude. Beyond creepy. All though. the time. So they try to approach Lomax uh, about the mistake, and he, he kind of blows him off. Um, and Rich tells Larry that he um, he kind of blows him off. They're dejected, and there's a girl in the office, Gwen, who Rich has been eyeing and eyeing and Yeah, she's eyeing. a summer intern, and he's like, he's liked her since day one. And so Larry's like, you know, you got to make your move. Like, summer's almost over. Yep, and then... He kind of forces it on him. He kind of does, and Rich tells Larry they finally got a date with, with Gwen. Kind of went about it, like, in a bumbling idiot way, which, again, is, like, something that would happen to Ross. And it works. And it works. It works. I think... Um, some women find that kind of cute and, and you know, endearing or whatever. So um, then I f- we find out that Mr. Lomax definitely has a cocaine problem. Yeah, but right when he get back from lunch, he's like, he goes into the bath. He's like kind of messing with his nose. He goes into the bathroom and he like, you kind of hear a little something. And he's he comes railing out. railing like, a fat <laughs> line in there. And it's like, you don't realize that when you're like seven years old watching this movie. I think he's got allergies. Yeah, but I was like, when I'm watching this. Like, he just went inside and did even more cocaine. <laughs> yep. Um, so they finally get to show uh, Bernie or Mr. Lomax the missing two million dollars, um, and they 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 blow it by being wrong or so they thought. Turns out Mr. Lomax or Bernie is very interested. He says, "Hey, you keep coming up with work like this, you're gonna have a long long you know career with the company." They eventually get invited out to Bernie's beach house in the Hamptons. Yeah, it was uh, it's Labor Day weekend. Labor Day weekend. So he's like, you come out on the ferry on Friday, and I'll drive you back to the city on Monday. Monday. So it's kind of like a big treat. You know, to those guys, it's like, we've made it. Like, we showed them. We just saved the the boss $2 million. They think they just did a great thing, but Bernie just, after he invites him, goes straight to this mob boss. Little does he know. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, little do they know. Um, So, yeah. uh, Turns out Bernie wants him dead because he has mob ties. (laughs) No, the best part was like, so they're in the scene in the office, and he's like, you boys done real good, real good. You're going to do real good in this company. Next scene, it's like immediate cut, and he goes, they got to die. Yeah, they got to die. They got to die. They know too much. Yeah. (laughs) So he's immediately uh, selling them out to the boss. So, yeah. So um, he says, hey, let's arrange this as a murder-suicide. Yeah, yeah, that was Bernie's idea. And one of the, uh, I forget the, uh, I've got it written down. Polly? Polly. Polly's like, hey, I'm a little rusty, but, you know, hey. Hey, it was like the most generic scene. Like they're sitting there twirling up their spaghetti, yeah. and the he's spaghetti. got a glass of wine hand, and wine in one hand. Yeah, it was like the most generic mob scene. Um, and then this is where Vito's girlfriend is giving Bernie she, a foot job. She definitely gave him a like. She's like rubbing on his cock real hard, and then she like pushes into it, and it's like his voice squeaks. She's like Vito. You think he like finished? I'm talking to you here. She made him finish. You think? Man, that must have been like some junior high like. He, first dance stuff but i mean maybe well maybe not that or, that or you know what maybe her big toe just like went up in his butthole a little bit that's two butthole references you're getting close to like no <laughs> more <the> butthole talk <laughs> wait till we get into what i'm watching <laughs> what if she's just very talented with her feet like a, I that know. would explain why she's with the mob boss um so yeah so feet. you know uh Bernie's like, hey, I gotta go. They, he thinks it's all in the bag, all arranged. Yeah, he thinks it's all arranged. As soon as he like, gets up, Vito's like, hey, 
take care of Bernie. He's got to go. He's getting too careless, and he's like, and he's screwing my girlfriend. Yeah, because when Bernie gets up, he's like, I gotta leave, and then the girlfriend immediately gets up. She's like, I'm gonna go to the bathroom. I got a powder and in my they, nose. They, they, they like one buddy of Vito like watches them, and obviously yep. she's out there talking. She's like, Bernie, you're supposed yep. to take me to the house this weekend. I'm supposed to be Boiny. at my mother's. Boiny. Yeah, that was really annoying. Um, she said that. So then we go to the scene where Rich is on his date with Gwen. And it was a pretty charming first little date, though. Like in until the city, it wasn't well. I'm telling until because he was lying, and then yeah. it just snowballed. But like you know, they're in the city, they're in, they're eating, they just ate like some Korean food, and he, he is kind of charming. And then she's like, "Oh, you know, he's like I wish we could go somewhere and talk." She's like, "Well, I have five roommates, and they're all at home doing their hair, which is such an '80s thing to do, right? Yep. Just at home, just fluffing up your hair." Aquanet like, was flying heavy that night. Yeah, <laughs> the probably just light a match and the whole thing blows <laughs> up and she's like well, what about you you know like do you have your own place and he's like yeah yeah because you know there was a joke running about like uh larry was like you know take her to my apartment and he's like yeah. oh you got roaches and like all this and well, so he didn't want to take them to larry's house so and if he had even an ounce of like self-awareness he would have known that he already had this in the bag and if he could if he would have just told the truth he could have avoided all this yeah but he takes him, he takes her back to his parents' house, which was a cool spot. It was like nice. Uh, like, I did like the decorations, it was like very sixties and seventies decor. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he's, you know, she's kind of suspicious. She's like, "Oh, how did you afford yeah, all this?" Yeah, because it is like a nice, and it's in New well, York. Well, it's in New York, so it's, you can only imagine how much that shit costs. Yeah, like, um, they probably got grandfathered in. That's why they're still there. So they're. He's like, I made some good investments. Yeah, like, yeah. which is always a good line yeah. to tell. And I think he said he got some inheritance too. Um. But yeah, then his dad walks out. They start making yeah, they start so making, making out, out and he start, like reach up, turn off the light, and you know he's, he's about just to, like, let's get it. Yeah, and then his dad comes out in his underwear, totally walks blows the spot to the refrigerator, up. chugs the milk, burps, like slaps his belly, <laughs> and starts to walk back. And she's like, Richard, there's a guy in your living room. He's, he's like, like, oh, that's what did he say? His name was like Pete. It's something Juan or something. Oh, that's my butler Juan. He's like, you have a butler? Like, yeah, yeah. He's like, just lay out my uh, navy I think, blue sweater. I think he said he came with the house. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, he's like, oh, that's fine. Just go lay out my suit. He's like, how about I lay you out, buddy? She's like, you let your butler talk to you like that? He goes, well, he's a war veteran. He has a metal plate in his head. It's okay. <laughs> and then she, like, she figures it out. Like, obviously, that's his dad, and he lied. So he blew his one chance with Gwen. Yeah, uh, that was pretty brutal. Um, <laughs> yeah, I like how he takes a jug of milk and slaps his belly. It's such a, <laughs> such a dad move. <laughs> oh, God. Um so uh, we go now to Bernie. He's on the way to the beach. Um, he has a really rad golf cart. Yeah, it's like an old Porsche. Like <laughs> yeah, it's got Porsche. a big wing on it. Um, so he gets to his house, and he's just treating his fucking help like garbage. Uh, he kicks some guy in the ass that's living in his fucking he, he, garage. Because he didn't finish paying. He's like, you still owe me so much money. He's like, yeah. get out of here before yeah. I kick your ass. And he's like, literally kicks him in the ass as he's running away. And then there's like a gardener in gardener, there, and he yeah. walks in. So the guy's just doing his job, right? How's he supposed to know Bernie's coming in? So he just has his stuff out. Gar- Bernie comes in, trips over everything, like kicks all his equipment, yeah. like yells at him, and the guy's like, I'm just fucking here doing my job, guy. So <coughs> Bernie, um, he's probably just on more coke, let's be honest. Yeah, that's like coked That's up. a coked up attitude. Uh, so I wrote down Bernie gets what's coming to him with a shot to the butt, yeah. and Polly plants coke on him. So they finally get get well, the job you gotta done. You got to remember too. Before um, Polly calls on the phone, 
And he's like, yeah, I'm here on the ferry. He's like, oh, you're not supposed to be here so-and-so a call at uh, yep. 6.30. Yep. He's like, oh, you know, I got here a little early. He's like, so which house is yours? And this is all caught on the answering machine, right? Yep. So he's like, oh, it's the one up on the pier. He's like, And then he's like, listen, and Bernie's like, I don't want to be here when they get murdered. You know, he's like, Boiny, we're on the phone here. He's like, <laughs> Boiny. Yeah, I'm sorry. Everyone calls him Boiny. <laughs> so I found myself just saying that. He's like, oh, we're on the phone here. He's like, yeah, yeah, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. So he hangs up, obviously finds his way to the apartment. He's like, yeah, hey, this is a nice place. And then just sticks him right in the butt bernie goes <laughs> falls back in his chair it's like i want to know what that was you know that was a pretty good acting performance from the guy who no, played bernie like for a guy who didn't do shit like he that he was no, it's i put on here a prop to terry kaiser playing bernie and doing a great job playing dead for like 85 percent of the movie that shit sure. wasn't easy no um so then uh rich and larry arrive uh they take the ferry out they make their way to bernie's house they eventually find him dead. Well, and then Tawny comes in. How could you pass on Tawny? I was watching it with Lauren, so oh. I couldn't take a whole lot of notes on Tawny. Well, you missed that part. She comes walking in. She takes the boat keys. And he goes, she goes, hi, I'm Tawny. He goes, hi, I'm horny. <laughs> She's like, we're just taking the boat keys out. And this uh, is, they still just think Bernie's just like worn out from the party, you know? Yeah. They think he's just he's like just classic recovering from what, yeah. before. Um, so they're just, they're trying to decide what to do. And then a flood of people just start coming in thinking this is just routine. This is what we well, do. Bernie's all the time. At this point, they know Bernie's dead. Yes. After Tommy they know. Leaves, they check his, cause they're like, you know, what's wrong with this guy? They were going to make him some instant coffee. And, um, <laughs> is Larry, instant okay? Yeah. Rich is just sitting there with them and like, you know, he keeps Bernie's like slumping over and he throws him up on the couch and he puts his arm and throws his arm and he finally like, checks his vitals. He takes his sunglasses off, puts them up to his mouth. You know, there's no breathing. And he's like, Larry, we got a problem here. And, um, yeah, so he's dead. They find out he's dead. And then, um, all of a sudden, like this swarm of like 50 people, like literally just invade this house. They start yeah. popping. You just hear throughout that whole scene, you just hear bottles popping. Right. Yeah, yeah. And like more coat. There's a blonde comes up to him. She's like, heard you got something burned for me, Bernie. She's like, Ooh, where is it? You dug like, you hiding it from me. Like, Ooh, okay. You're going to be a bad boy or something. And like, she finally just pulls out this big bag of cocaine. She's like, Oh, thank you. And like gives him a kiss. And just like totally normal. Every and day. Everyone was just having a great time. Well, it was the eighties. So, I mean, I'm sure the cocaine was flowing. Um, so they're, they're trying to decide what to do. Um, and Richard was about to call the cops. Larry, until. Larry wants to play this thing out, man. Which he, he wants. They worked hard. He for wants this. to play the. Let's see where this goes. And then Rich was about to call the cops. Rich is a wet blanket until Gwen showed up. Gwen walks through the door. Yeah. And he's like, and you then know he's what? Like, hey, he literally puts the phone back down. Yeah, and he's like, you know what? Let's just see what happens. Um, and then I wrote down right here, never seen such a good acting performance from a guy doing absolutely nothing. He nailed it. For Bernie? Being dead weight. Just literally. Throughout the, the whole movie. movie. Like when they have to carry him later <clears throat> on? Um, <laughs> next thing I wrote down, Bernie gets thrown off the balcony and the tide is going to take him out to sea. So they're trying to decide. They decide at some point, like, hey, we need to get him up and out of here. Because he got people talking to him. One guy's trying. One guy's to, trying to buy the Porsche. <laughs> he keeps. He goes like thirty thousand, and then they, his head just slumps down because he's dead. He goes, oh, mm. best, okay." Mm. Comes back later. He's like, "Drive a hard bargain." Forty thousand, <laughs> and then he slumps his head back down. Yeah. He's like, You're gonna regret this, Bernie. And then finally, he's like, "All right, fifty thousand and his head just goes like, "Yes." And he's like, oh, Bernie, I love you so much. <laughs> so they decide that they gotta move him at some point. Um, and they he just gets thrown over thrown, the balcony, like over the balcony and then here comes the tide and meanwhile larry and gwen 
they go off together. They go up to the lighthouse, and dude, like Larry falls through a trap door. Like, yeah, that's how they have them. I think that that door is a trap door that opens up to the lighthouse. Okay, but he gets blinded because like, oh, he's wondering how these work. Which you gotta imagine has to be like the biggest and brightest bulb in the world because it's literally supposed to be. It's seen from like. A mile in the ocean. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. So he just looks right at it, probably just like instantly blinds him, and it's like comical fall. Probably should have died, honestly, the way he yeah. was falling. Um, and then, you know, he, Gwen res- rescues him, and they're on the beach, and everything's going great for him again. And then Bernie just washes <laughs> up right next <laughs> to him. And I like how he washes up, so he's looking right at him with his sunglasses on. And he's like, oh, this isn't right. He's like, you're such a classy girl. Like, you deserve more than this. And she's like, no, I really want this. Like, she wants him. He's like, no, 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 this isn't right. All right, so, and then they, they drag him back to the house. They drag him back to the house. Uh, and they're, again, Rich, I think, is at this point where he's like, we're calling the cops. This is over. Yeah, it was just next day. No, this is the same night. Same night. Because Tina shows up, who's Vito's girlfriend, and this is where she performs her her act of necrophilia. Dude. And apparently it's never been better. Because she comes like she in, she's like, there. she's like, where's he at? Oh, she grabbed a knife. She, cause she yeah. thought Bernie was cheating on her. Yeah, she thought so Bernie. she was like ready to kill. And then like she finally, when she pulls the knife, she's like, where is he? And like, you know, they told her and they're like, well, it's been nice knowing you, Larry. You're like, you too, Richard. <laughs> like, they think it's over. And they get up there and she's like, you know, like, what's going on? It's been like 20 minutes. And she comes down and she's like, a doop, bop, a doop, boop, bop, boop, boop. And she sits down and lights a cigarette and gets a glass of scotch. <laughs> And they're like, how was it up there? And that's when she's never been better. Never been better. They're like, this guy gets laid more than me dead. That's what I said. <laughs> uh, and then uh, one of Vito's guys is on the beach. You know, of course, he sees it all go oh, down. Oh, the other, yeah. The guy that seems like just a peeping Tom. That's all he does is yeah, watch. Yeah. You so he Pauly, reports. the killer. And then you got peeping Tom guy who just reports back to Vito. So he reports back to Vito. Like, no, he's yeah, not like, dead. Polly didn't do his job. I yeah. just saw him. Doing, they were like they were in the bedroom, like doing what you know, doing stuff. (laughs) Like he didn't want to tell them like what they were doing. Um. So then we get to the next day, and there's a hilarious scene of Larry playing Monopoly with Bernie. Playing with Bernie, that's when he rigged up the arm. Yeah, so he's He's going like this. Dude, I love that. I I really love Andrew McCarthy. Like I put on here, like I don't know why, like what happened to his career, but he was one of my favorite childhood actors, and he was one of the first guys like knowing a fellow Andrew. So I always liked him. But I can like, tell you another movie he, he's in. He, Weekend at Bernie's too. He was in Sixteen Candles. Uh, six was he really? Wasn't he the for friend? No, that's Anthony Michael Hall. Well, then it's um, he was one of those John Hughes movies with Molly Ringwald. Hmm, maybe he, he was the maybe total like eighties. Like I think he got stereotyped. He was in a uh, Less Than Zero. Mm, okay. That Brady Stanellis. Yeah. Uh, book. Okay. All right. Um. So yeah, Larry's out on the deck by the pool playing. Monopoly. He's got his hand rigged <laughs> up on like a pulley with a string. And he's just raking in his money. He goes, oh, boardwalk. He goes, and I got hotels. Oh. He's like taking all of Bernie's money. Like he's just having a great time. He is not letting that dead body. And Richard, he just a whiplash. He's passed out the night before. He wakes up and he's like, look, we gotta, we gotta call the cops. And he's again, he's close to doing it. And here comes Gwen. Gwen shows up. Gwen shows up and again he puts it off because Gwen. No, he wants- was actually going to tell this time. Remember? Because he was like, "Well, where's the body?" Oh yeah. And then cause- Richard's like, "What are you talking?" About? Or Larry's like, "What are you talking about?" Like, there's no body here. And he's like, "Bernie went to go do something." And that's when they dumped him over again, and that little boy found him. Because <laughs> Gwen, Gwen got mad at him. She's like, "Oh, now you're you know you're lying." You're First lying. Because before he lied about his parents dying when they were at yeah. the apartment. Yeah. 
And she's like, now you're lying about Bernie dying and all this. So she, she at that point, she like hated him. She couldn't believe anything. She has been wanting to thank him personally because our internship. Yeah, the internship. So she wants to see Bernie and thank him. And, right. and and Rich has the entire time been avoiding, like, trying to avoid that comfort. You know that that meeting or whatever. Obviously. Yeah. Um. So then, yeah, they dump him over. Kid, they find him being buried. I was about to say buried alive. <laughs> buried by a kid in the sand. They chase the kid off. That little kid was a little shit, uh, he dude. He was a little shit. they said he, something. He's like, get, or, forgot what he said, but he was like, eat this. And he flips him off. He flips him off. He's like, gee, Larry's like, what? Like, and he gives him the straight bird, like, no thumb, like, just the, <laughs> and, like a, and like a tongue out, like, mm. yeah. <laughs> like, classic little kid move. Um, so, Polly shows up again, and I wrote, in quote, quote, unquote, kills Bernie again. Yeah, because they somehow he dropped on him, right? Like Bernie came from yeah. the top, so, he, so he's like, <laughs> he Paul thought he was like alive. Around, and then he feels his heart, and he turns around and, and he's face to face with Bernie, and he's like, "You motherfuckers are strangling him and like punching <laughs> him." And he's like, he thinks like, and he gets up and he's all disheveled <sighs> and sweating. <sighs> he's like, "Finally, he's dead." And he gets back on the boat, and <laughs> oh, we're um, getting ahead of ourselves, though. Uh, I but must have missed Bernie. something. What? Oh, and then Richard tries to go in, and he's going to call the police finally, and that's when they hear the message from Bernie. Yeah. And they that, realize, like, that's Bernie, okay, yeah, Larry yeah. and Richard find out that Bernie originally wanted to yeah, kill them. Yeah, they get to hear that message. Yeah, they hear the message, um, and they 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 then oh, determine... Then, then they find a suicide note. Yes. <laughs> the suicide note where they were going to get a... Larry was going to get a sex change. <laughs> sex change, that's but, what but, it was. But Richard found someone else, so he must die. And he's, he's more upset. He's like, why do I have to have the sex change? He's like, Larry... Nobody's getting a sex change. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He was so distraught over that. Um, and so they determined that the only way to survive is to keep Bernie with them. So if Bernie's yeah, with them, Yeah, that was actually a good idea they're because safe. they were like, as long as Bernie's with us, we're safe. And then I think it was Larry came up with the idea of like tying the shoes together yep. so they could walk. So they, they were like, well, we got to get to the boat, right? There's a ferry leaving. Yep. So that's where they're trying to get to the ferry. And I wrote, rigor mortis has got to set in by oh, now. Oh, yeah, he's got to be But I did board. learn, and I'll get to it. Uh, maybe I won't because I don't think I wrote it down. But I was watching, you know, going back to True Grime. I was watching, uh, they have like a bunch of old like Dateline and 2020 cases on YouTube, like the full episodes. And apparently rigor mortis will set in for an amount of time and then go away. So if the like body. body's fluid or something? Like, I guess. Yeah, more active and there's no chance for it to set in? Like it sets in and then it will loosen back up. So rigor mortis isn't like a permanent thing. Like it's only, a, or maybe it was just this one in particular case or one particular case, but I don't know. But yeah, rigor mortis had to have set in by now on old Bernie there. Oh yeah, it's got to be like day two. Um, so yeah, they tie, him, they tie their shoelaces to him, throw their arms around him, his arms around them, and they're off to sit, to find the boat because they think they can get off the island with well, Bernie. And so when they miss the ferry that time, they, Polly sees him again. Polly, yeah. And he's like losing his fucking mind at <laughs> He's this going point, crazy. Because he's killed this guy twice in his <laughs> mind. And then he sees them three running together like, hold the boat. And they're throwing up <laughs> Bernie's arm like, hold the boat, hold oh, the boat. so funny. And he's like, stop the boat, stop the boat. Losing his fucking mind. And that's where like, yeah, we got a boat. Like, Tawny brought the boat back. Yeah. So that's when they go and get those keys. Yeah. But yeah, I like how Polly, when he saw that, like, his eyes got fucking, you know, as big as a... Yeah, I wrote they they uh, they plan to escape by boat and it goes horribly wrong. Like, well, obviously they've never been on a boat they before. Kill, they didn't they, think to tie it off. Like, they almost kill a few people. Like, they run into <laughs> they a boat. They throw the anchor. At that. <laughs> He's like, he goes, "Where's the brakes?" He's like, "The boats don't have brakes." He goes, "Still the anchor." Yeah, so he like, just throws an anchor through a boat. It looked like Schwarzenegger throwing that thing because that thing's got to weigh like fifty pounds. Oh god, yeah. And he throws it like twenty yards. It lands on this other guy's boat. 
Um, so they go on this wild chase. They run into a boat. Oh, they're uh, they, assholes on that the, boat. Like, they, they pull, don't know etiquette at all. Bernie falls out, and he's like basically like barefoot skiing, but just being drugged behind like, this boat. Everyone's going, hey, Bernie. Oh, like, n- nice form. Yeah. And then they go through. There's like, what are they called? Like dinghies or something? Buoys. Buoys. <laughs> and he's like. That's in Australia, maybe. <laughs> there you go. And Larry's like, you hear something? He goes, ding, 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 ding. He's like, he's, there it is again. And then finally they just go, man overboard. Like, after he's been drugged through the water for who like, knows how long. I was like, certainly like his arms or torso or something would have just if he ripped was, off. If he was hitting those things going that fast. His like, head would have been gone. Yeah, he's like, it's like dragging someone through. I mean, like, he's gone. So they eventually make it back to the island using Bernie as a float. Like, they're using him <laughs> as a flotation awesome. device. <laughs> they did, they're dude. paddling I in. I love that part. They're paddling in. Um... Make it back to the house. Gwen finally discovers that Bernie is actually dead. Um, Polly comes back, finishes the job. He shoots him like six times. Yeah, and they're like, "He's out of bullets." He's like, "Yeah, but this one ain't." <laughs> and then I said, "Wrote he's a terrible shot for a hitman." Oh yeah, terrible shot. And then Larry, there's a there's a scuffle between Larry and Polly. Larry finally subdues Polly. Gets him with the phone. Gets him with the phone cord. And then at one point, um, I said post-mortem Bernie gets one last kick to the balls of Polly. Because at <laughs> something like, Polly's just like got to be the worst hit, man. Because at one point, I forgot what happened, but Larry, like, or um, Bernie does, like, somehow his body just, like, kicks up in reflex. Knocks him balls. right in the balls. And then they wrap him around a phone cord. It's like this comical battle. So, <laughs> cops come. All yeah, because I mean, well. Polly was the real killer all along. So it's yep. like they did capture the the killer, yep. and they were kind of heroes. Yep. And then everyone's like at the beach, like, "Hey, what's going on at Bernie's?" And like, "Yeah, he's been dead for like three days." And then as they're loading him into the, <laughs> into the ambulance, they let go of the gurney. The gurney rolls down the deck, hits the sand. Bernie flies off the gurney and lands right next to the three of them. And they're just chilling. And they're just chilling on the beach, kind of talking about what what a crazy weekend it was and what they're gonna do. And then there's Bernie. Which setting up for number wonder, two because i can't remember how the fuck is there a weekend at bernie's two this guy's already dead he is in the second one because don't they go to like jamaica or the caribbean i've never or seen it dude I, we're, we gotta watch it or I'll, I'll watch it but they do they go to like either jamaica or the caribbean or something and bernie's fucking in it because that's where you get that one that gif that we always post like in the group me yeah. where he's like coming yeah. up out of the bushes and he's like rocking his head i wish people could see us now because we're both like doing <laughs> we're both rocking our we're head. Both coming up on the chairs and like dude they, it's like making a sequel to titanic like how did they make a sequel out of this movie but they did and i'm gonna watch it because i love weekend at bernie's like that movie just had me like reliving some good it times. was way it, i appreciated it more as adult as an adult it was really good i don't know why i'm folding this paper up. i don't need to do that all it right. was good, man. I, so, I thoroughly enjoyed that movie. So did I. I watched it with Lauren. She, she thought it was good. Um, so that was the movie review. Uh, let's move on to sports. Kind of a busy and dead, you know, kind of period here for us. Unless um, you're a Mavericks fan, this unless crazy. you're a Mavericks fan, unless you're a MFFL, it was and a bad was, week for you. Yeah, and I was gonna say like when it's the middle of the basketball playoffs and your team's the headline news and you're not in the playoffs that ain't good Mm -mm. nope like the focus should be on the what is it eight teams that remain we're already out of the playoffs but the basketball world right now centered around us and all the wrong reasons so tuesday or wednesday it was announced that 
uh, Donnie Nelson, our GM and, and director of basketball operations, uh, for twenty four years. Twenty four years uh, would be resigning, um, and then we get the news yesterday that Rick Carlisle, who's been our coach for thirteen years and given us two final trips and no, one. Avery Johnson or Avery Brett. Oh, Avery, Avery Johnson, Johnson wasn't took us to one. Yeah. So he gave us championship in 2011. Um, he decided to step down. Which and he had two years left on his contract. Yeah, so that's not good. And, and his daughter's here. Like she's yeah. enrolled in school and shit. Yep. Um, so that says a lot. So there's a lot going on. Um, there was a kind of an explosive article written um, by Tim McMahon at the Athletic. That kind of detailed a lot of the tension that was going on um, about how Donnie Nelson felt like he was losing power in the organization uh, by this guy that that no one fucking he's, knew, he's a buddy of Mark Cuban's. He's a former uh, professional gambler. His name's Bob Volgaris. Um, there's rumors that he's writing lineup cards for Rick Carlisle. He is making he's a substitution. Gambler. How he's, does he have any say in this? The article that I read that he's a analytics guy. Um, that Cuban values his analytics, and he was writing substitution patterns, and he was influencing draft picks and free agents, and. Uh, there was Mike Fisher, who's a Cowboys and Mavericks insider, reported that one of his sources told him that there was a time in the they were in the huddle during a timeout in the middle of a game. Rick Carlisle draws up a play, and Lucas says, "Well, is this your idea, Rick, or is this Bob's?" And I mean, that, that just that is not good. Yeah. To me, you've you've got to do a complete culture. It's got to be a you've got to clean it completely out. Dude, there's something stinky in that whole franchise really. Because when you got a coach that's a championship coach, you got a GM that's been with you, you know, since before Cuban was here and his dad was like a, a legendary coach with us. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, when that report came out, Cuban was saying like he he retweeted or whatever saying this is complete bullshit. And then literally the next day they they uh, have Donnie Nelson resign, and then the next day after that, Carlisle leaves. So it's like, obviously, it's not bullshit, man. Like, the the organization was, like, imploding. And like I said, when you're the center of the basketball universe during the playoffs and you're not in the playoffs, that's not a good sign. I just want to um, – this website's called thesmokingcuban.com, and it's a it's a uh, Dallas Mavericks kind of blog website. Um I'm just going to read this one passage, um, one paragraph. It says, no prominent executive is going to come to Dallas if they believe their decisions are going to be overhauled by Vulgaris. Mm-hmm. Owner Mark Cuban values Bob's analytical approach, but the moves have not worked since his hiring in 2018. The Dallas Mavericks need to have more talent around Luka Doncic. This offseason is so important because of that. Um, I just don't know. Uh, there, and I've read reports where there was tension between – Luca and Carlisle, um, and I don't know if that's just Luca's kind of immaturity and Carlisle's, Carlisle's old school hard. Yeah, approach. You, you gotta know? think he played in the '80s in Boston with like Bird and McHale and all those yeah, guys. Yeah, that's who he learned from. And so that's just like hard nosed basketball. And I don't think they kind of mesh well together. And honestly, I hate to say it, but when you have a generational top five player at 22, like I'm gonna side with him. Like I love Carlisle. I love what he did for us. Obviously, bringing us the one championship, but. If and that's what I heard was there was a beef between Carlisle and Luca and you know you got to go with Luca he can be with your franchise for the next fifteen years 
And he's eligible for the Supermax this summer. And he, he'll he's sign gotta, it. He's got to sign it. Yeah. They said no superstar that's been eligible for the Supermax. Because now that he's made first-team All-NBA, he's eligible for, like, the, I don't know if it's Ultra Supermax or something. So it's going to be, like, $240 million or some shit yep. over five years. Now, like, no one has ever turned that down. And just for more kind of clarity, I'll read a couple more uh, paragraphs quickly. The departure comes just days after the Athletic reported tensions within the Mavericks front office. The piece notes... Bob Volgaris gained power within the organization, including have a, having a say in transactions, lineups, and rotations. The former professional gambler was even called a quote-unquote shadow GM by The Athletic. There is dysfunction within the Mavericks power structure. Owner Mark Cuban is going to have the final say, but he needs a president of basketball operations to pull the strings on moves. That cannot happen if Bob keeps uh, if the Mavs keep Bob Volgaris in his current role. And you said his contract expires next month? Because if they let go Donnie and Rick Carlisle, you gotta you got to also cut ties with this So guy. further on in this article, um, and let me and this is written by Tyler Watts of thesmokingcuban.com. Let me give him credit. Um, but he goes on to say, Kevin O'Connor of The Ringer reported that Volgaris is on, no longer with the team, but that is yet to be oh. confirmed. Oh. Conflicting oh. reports are out about his role or lack thereof moving forward. So who knows? Not, I heard <clears throat> on the radio that his contract was up in July. Um, but when you hear ex-gambler and all, doesn't it make you think like almost like a con man, like a con artist? <sighs> Like, yeah. he has no professional basketball experience but at a lot all. Of, but, and this is, you know, more in baseball because they tend to lean more into the analytic, you know, side of things. A lot of those guys don't either. It's strictly numbers, dudes. They don't have a lot of baseball yeah, experience Yeah, but to say either. you're – I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm just stereotyping, but it's not like you went to, like, you know, a nice Ivy League school and you were a mathematician. Then I'd be like, oh, that's great. No, he was a gambler, which probably means he was kind of almost shady. I don't know. I just picture when you, when you say ex gambler, I just think like almost like a shady dude. I just never thought that Cuban would let it get to this point. Yeah, I thought Cuban um, was so ahead of the curve, and you know, I, it, and it's not edge on all this. And he's it's not some guy just run his franchise. And it's not just this. You know, let's not forget that you know a few summers or a few years ago there was you know sexual allegation sexual assault allegations kind of hid and swept under and didn't well ever. you know they didn't know he's claiming he didn't know i don't know how you know you you don't know what's going on in in your own organization yeah that's like saying like say you you own your own restaurant and there's you know accusations like it's your you know like when you're the boss yeah, I mean that's kind of that's kind of unfair to him because I'm he's got several different companies. He's got yeah, but this is his big company. This is the company that's worth billions. This is his baby. If, 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 I'm not I'm not disagreeing with you. I I'm mean, just saying, I think you've got to know. I think more fingers got to be pointed at him for the way he's run this organization. And I don't know whether and and to his credit though he did hire like wasn't her name Cynthia Marshall who's come in and you know really cleaned that up on that aspect. So if this is just going to be like another, I just wish. He wouldn't be so hands-on on this like like Jerry is. And it's like, just take a step back and let other people take control, you know? I'm glad you brought that up because, you know, a, a lot of people accuse Jerry Jones of a lot of things. But I'll tell you right now that Jerry – Mark Cuban is now what Jerry – what people accuse Jerry Jones of being. He – and this will kind of segue us into you know the names that you have, but I guarantee you that he's going to bring in a yes man. It's path of least resistance. He's going to bring in somebody that's not going to get in the way. Somebody he's going to do whatever he's told. Yeah. 
So that's one of my predictions for GM. Even though you got Danny Ainge out um, there, what's what's the Toronto guy? It's not Mejri. It's it's a name that's hard for me pr- to pronounce. If you if you know basketball, you know he was with Golden State, and then he went to Toronto and got him both championships. Yes, um, and he's an extremely talented front office guy. Yes, you've got that. You've got him. You've got. The, really, the pick of the litter you when it comes. Pick of the litter, dude. It really is because you got to think like this is Dallas is a top five market. You have a top five player who's twenty two years old. Okay, we don't have many draft picks, but we can. We have draft capital in some of these players. Like you got, you've got an job. owner who because when will you look spend. around, who else? Washington has a coaching vacancy. Um, Boston's a great choice. They're ahead of us, but like Orlando is the other one. You know, um, New, Orleans, New Orleans, which New Orleans with Zion. Okay, I could see that too, but we're going to be an enticing franchise to come to. As long as we can clean up our mess internally, if they can say, "Hey, come here," and you know, like you're gonna have control, like you know, no one's stepping on your toes. This Bob guy is not gonna, or is it Bob or Dan? Bob. Bob's not gonna be telling you what to do. He's not gonna be, you know, in the huddle with you. And uh, and I'm gonna give my picks real quick. My prediction: it's gonna be path of least resistance. It's gonna be Michael Finley for GM, for GM because. But he's honestly, not gonna- that could be. For all we know, that could be a good pick because he was up for the Chicago Bulls job. Okay. And he was really getting consideration for that. But is he going to tell Mark Cuban no? No, because Mark Cuban made him a millionaire. Thank you. And you know, and then the coach is so going to be – give me the name. Sorry. Uh, Jamal Mosley. Jamal Mosley, who's, who's, who's already on the staff. Yeah, he's an assistant. He's got already. a relationship with Luca. Luca likes him. I think Rick Carlisle missed a game or two. I think and that's the important thing. Luca likes him. That's yeah. what it's going to come down to. Yeah. Cause, and that's what sucks because, you know, it's like – because who, who do you think is the greatest football coach of our generation, if not all times? Bill Belichick. Lots of people probably hated Bill Belichick, but he fucking knew what to do to win championships. Yeah, he got results. I'd rather have a guy who was an asshole. And, t- and Tom and, Brady and hated won him. Games. Yeah, and he hated him, but he won six championships. Yeah. So it's like that's 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 <clears> where <throat> having a yes man can hurt you. Um, there is a line. Um, there was an article about the top the uh, top five candidates. Number one is Jamal Mosley. Number two is Jason Kidd, who had head coaching experience. With I Milwaukee. saw a meme of uh, it said like Dallas Mavericks coach opening, and it was Jason Kidd like sprinting off the bench. Like they pulled it for a clip, I guess maybe of like him coaching, and like there was he's like, with the Lakers now, I believe. Yeah, like, but like, and then it stuff. was like a, and then it shifted to like somebody running through a wall. <laughs> it would make sense because you know he's. His game is like Luca has what Jason Kidd always wanted with his game. He has the vision, you know. He has the triple double numbers, but Luca's just far and away better. And Jason Kidd's not first ballot Hall of Famer. I'm not trying to nick a knock, but Jason Kidd wishes he had the talent Luca had. So if he could coach that and they could like get on the same wavelength, I could see it happening. You know, um, three was uh, Terry Stotts, who just finished a run of like I don't know, like eight years in Portland. Um, number four, I guess this guy's like Slovenian, like like. Luca because of the name Igor Kovkovskov. I don't fucking know who he is. Maybe he teaches that. Maybe he coaches the national team. And number five would be uh, Becky Hammond, who's been with the Spurs organization as an assistant for several years, teaching under Greg Popovich, who you know is one of the greatest coaches again of our generation, if not him and Phil Jackson. Yeah. I also heard Mike D'Antoni with his whole run and gun. But you know Mike D'Antoni could win you sixty games and then just take a shit in the playoffs because that style would never. I think they're gonna they they want to go probably somebody younger just that will jive with this new generation. But we forgot um, to mention they did hire uh, Dirk as a like special a advisor, special advisor to find the coach and the GM. And just one more, I think that was almost feel good news though. Sorry, but I think they just needed a little bit of good publicity. Oh, for sure. So they're like, let's fucking bring. Dirk I wonder back. how Dirk feels about. Yeah, all like this. let's bring Dirk. Everybody loves Dirk. You know, hey, look guys, Dirk's back. I wonder how he feels. And about that all just kind of like puts some uh, uh, wet. 
blanket on this fucking dumpster fire. And just one more point that I kind of that I read to just kind of show you how bad the culture is. The original plan was to move Carlisle up to the GM role. I would have been cool with that. That would have maintained some stability. But I think Carla obviously wanted no part of it. I think the way it went down really kind of pissed him off. Yeah. With how they treated Donnie. Um, Yeah, so that's... Because the Nelson family's been with Dallas between him and his dad for 30-plus years. You know, his dad was coaching coaching us at Reunion before we had Dirk and all those guys. So that family has deep ties to the Mavericks. That's what kind of caught everybody off guard. And Donnie's the one that found Giannis. Donnie's the one that drafted Dirk and traded or d- traded for Dirk and Nash that night. So, I, I don't know. And obviously, I don't know everything that goes on, but, you know, I was really disappointed when all this went down and just just seeing one of your franchises just implode just, on national levels. Out of really nowhere. Well, it, was, it wasn't out of nowhere because that story did break the week of. That, well, that was, The story that, was the out story of nowhere. The story was out of nowhere. Yeah, and then everything that followed was like, well, that's – Shows you, you know, how true that story was. Yeah. So the story was out of nowhere, but everything that followed was just like what you would expect based on that story. Yeah. So that's that's the the so. drama in Mavs land. So it's going to be an interesting summer to see how everything kind of shakes out. But I really think he's going path of least resistance. He's going to hire Michael Finley for the GM. He's going to bring in Jamal. Mosley. Mosley as the head coach. Um, and, I don't know, man. I, I like that. I like keeping it internal, but at the same time, like you said, it's all yes, man. So it's going to be like, what changed? Now you're just bringing in a new set of bobbing heads that agree with everything you say. The real key for me is I think if you don't get rid of Bob uh, oh, Fulgaris, he's got to go. I he's think the, we, he's I think the root we, of all this. I think we lose Luca. Not, not now, not now, not now but yeah. He when won't. literally, you know, guys say you hit your prime in basketball at age like 26 through like 30. So as good as he is now, you got to think statistically or what people consider his prime, he's not even there yet. Yep. So you would lose him during his prime years. <clears throat> All right. So what's going on? We're recording awards. on a we're, uh, year into the year. You're in re- awards real quick, and then we'll give an update on the game. Year in award. Coach of the year, most improved player for NBA. Oh, I didn't do those. I wrote them. That's why I said you want me to do it. Oh, yeah, do <laughs> coach it, Coach of the year, Tom Thibodeau. He was um, head coach of uh, the Knicks. So That's fair. It's fair because they went from, like, they hadn't made the playoffs in, like, eight years. And he got them the five. Since 2013. Four seed, Four seed. Maybe? Four seed, which, and I was telling Alex, because Alex thought it should have been, um, crap, now I can't think of his name, uh, from Phoenix, which, props to that guy. It's like Monte, Monte Williams. I think that's it. Mon- Monte Williams. Um, they went from no playoffs to the number two seed, and now they're in the Western Finals. So I think in hindsight, like, yeah, he could have gotten it. But I predicted Tom Thibodeau because, you know, it's New York. Anytime you get New York back in prevalence like that, and they were like a top five defensive team um, to go along with that, they had the most improved player of the year, which was Dallas's own Julius Randle. You know, he was like an all-star again this year. Um, just really loved that, loved that team, but then he took a big, fat shit in the playoffs. Rookie of the year went to LaMelo Ball, which I had a problem with because he missed about a third of the season. Yeah. You know, not his fault for injury, but then you had guys like Anthony Edwards who played the whole year who put up 40-point games. Man. Yeah, he put up 40-point games. He had arguably the dunk of the year. You had Tyler um, ha- Tyler Halliburton from Iowa State went, yep. to, went to Sacramento. Again, like played every played about every game, you know. Uh, good, good players on my fantasy team, so I know he played pretty damn good. 
Defensive Player of the Year, Rudy Gobert, got his third one. So he joins like Dikembe Mutombo, Dwight Howard, and like one other. Did Rodman get three? It might have been Rodman. Yeah, it might have been Rodman. Because I remember they talked about it. There was like three or four dudes that did it, and he's like an elite company now. So good for him after he basically inadvertently shut down sports last year. Oh, I saw a clip of that where he's touching all the mics. I'm like, what a dick. Well, I mean, I know, know we didn't know. In hindsight, I bet he feels like total shit. But he was like, all right, later, guys. And he literally went out of his way to touch everything. And then, like, he tested positive. You know, Jazz all were positive, And, like, that's when they shut down sports. Yep. So I bet he felt like shit. He came back, like, on fire this year, though. I mean, he played great. And the MVP would be Nikola Jokic, the Joker. Well-deserved. Well, dude, he didn't miss a single game. I know that because the guy I was up against in fantasy basketball for the championship had Jokic. And not only is he a beast, played every fucking game. And get this, he was a second-round pick. Yeah. Had you see that clip? Because Alex sent it to me. It was like during the draft, he was like second pick. I don't know, like 46th overall. So he was like mid of the second. And, you know, usually when they – they're like, you know, if you got drafted, be like Matt Edwards, and it would show like highlights. They they were actually at a Taco Bell commercial <laughs> was, break. Was it Taco Bell it was or Subway? Taco, okay, it was Taco Bell because someone's like had a cheesy gordita crunch, and they're like <laughs> separating it. And it's like Nikola Jokic from Serbia, and it's like, yeah, it's like set your goals, you know, like hey, when you he never know. You when he accepted the award, he should have been eating a cheesy gordita did you, did crunch. You see how he accepted the award? Uh-huh. All he, he it was weird, dude. He went like, thank you, thank you. And he did like this, like Chewbacca growl because like he yell. was yeah, because he was just at a microphone he goes thank you thank you and then he just walked away and they're like that was his whole speech dude i love that damn euros dude dude and him and luke are like super tight like i don't know if you remember seeing at the all-star game when they did their intros because they were both starters and they called like luca out and then Jokic. so they're standing right there by each other and then steph curry gets next called out but him and Jokic are just talking this whole time and they're supposed to give high fives and they totally missed the high fives like Curry had to stop and like held his hand out and he was kind of like awkward moment until Luca was like oh shit and he kind of got surprised and gave him a high five but him and Jokic were just talking the whole time so like dream scenario if we could get those two guys I doubt it's ever going to happen but um did you read that <coughs> um uh that um Zion's people I, I don't know if that's his family or what want him out of New Orleans. They want him in New York. He said he'd want to play at, at Madison Square Garden. Yeah, but could you imagine him and Luca? I'm not so big on Zion, dude. I'm I don't not th- either. I think, I think he's I think fat. He, not that he's fat. He's powerful as fuck. I think he's fat. But you see, <laughs> Just he's, agree with he's me. He's thick. He's fat. He's he's like, okay, you trade bodies with Zion right now? Yeah. <laughs> exactly, dude. He's like two. He's about. He is. I think he's like 285. But that dude is he's like. strong. He's like country strong. Yeah. yeah. He's from like. One of the Carolinas, I think, or something. But um, I, I just feel like he's too explosive and relies too much on that. He's going to be like Brandon Roy or something, and his knees are just going to give out, man. His just knees are going to blow out like his shoe did that one time. Yeah. And like after he wore those Nikes <laughs> yep. for an endorsement, and they're like, dang, we're wearing Nikes. Um, we just had that one game go final, actually. So yes. Philadelphia 104, Atlanta 99. Is that so game seven? It, no, this is game seven. Coming up, I'm sorry. Oh, okay. That forced game seven. That forced game Atlanta seven. Atlanta was up 3-2. They, they, they were at home, dude. They could have. Well, the- they could have taken it. I can't believe they came back after giving Eight. up a twenty-six point lead. Yeah, from that last. Like game. mentally, I can't believe the Sixers came back and actually forced a game seven. So good, good on them. Well, when we wrap this up, we can watch that Jazz Clippers game coming up too. Um, but I had a finals prediction. If you want to go over that, yeah, go ahead. I really, I've been high on both these teams. I, I really like the Suns. I don't know what it. I like just the homegrown nature. They drafted Mikael Bridges. They drafted DeAndre Jordan. They drafted Devin Booker. Deion, they signed Aiton. Or who did I say? DeAndre. 
Aiton. Yeah. Mikael Bridges, Aiton, and Booker. You know, they signed Chris Paul to like, but that was like, hey, come in and just like guide our but guys. But he's been like, he's been fantastic. Oh, he has been. But I'm saying like everything else though was like homegrown for yeah, them. Yeah. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I really like the fact that they, because it gives us like hope, you know, like because. Fuck super teams. Like, I don't want to see the Nets. You know, I don't want to see the Clippers in I there. I think they're in trouble. The I Nets? think the Nets are in I trouble. I hope so. I watched that game. Um, James Harden's on one leg. Ir- Irving's out, dude. He fucked yeah. his ankle up. He came down on Giannis's Durant's ankle and just completely turned Durant's going to have to cut. I mean, and he's got it in him. He, Did what? you see the stat line from the other game? He played yeah. all 48 minutes. 49 points. He had would have had 50, but he missed one of the free throws to, like, seal the deal. It was, it was already over but because they were fouling at the end of the game, so he missed the free throw. But 49 I think it was 18 rebounds and 10 assists. He's got it in him, but he's going to have to Jesus. do it with James Harden on one leg. And I, yeah, I, fuck James Harden, too. I love watching him bitching so and playing. Uh, but anyways, I had Suns over Hawks in six. And that, to me, would just be the funnest, most fun. I guess that funnest isn't a word. Most fun series. Because it, be like like, it would be like 124 to 119 I'd like know, to like see, finals. I think I'd like to see Suns-Bucks because I like Giannis. Oh, yeah. I could totally see. And, I, I would I, again, I like teams that draft – and develop their players. So Bucks did that with Middleton and Giannis. Um, that's pretty much their big two. Suns done that. Uh, Hawks have done that. Sixers have done that. Jazz. Really, everyone except for the Nets. Like, if it's Clippers, Nets, fuck it, dude. I'm not watching. Like, I'm sure it would be a great series, but I don't want to see two super teams come together. I want to see homegrown teams that, like, drafted, developed, and then just, like, brought in a free agent or two to complete the puzzle. Yep. No, I'm with you. Uh, anything else on the NBA? Nope. Okay. All right. So, uh, not much Cowboys news. We've wrapped up minicamp. Um, Hopefully, everyone's. I heard Zeke's shredded, though, and like looking good. Well, maybe not shredded, but no, looking he, good. He's down like 15 pounds. So, I'm prepared to like just eat crow every weekend. Like, if, if he could get, you know, another 1,400 yards, 12 touchdown season, like, all, even if it was all purpose yards, for, yeah. you know, 12, 1,400 yards, like, um, I'm ready for that. Mike Fisher gave his kind of top 10 players of minicamp. I think he had CeeDee Lamb ranked one. He said CeeDee Lamb is just on another level. Like he's our number two slash three, but he could, he would start, he would be the number one on three guys that are number ones. A lot of teams. Um, He said every 50 50 ball was a 90 10 ball because he was just so dominant. He said he ran past guys, he ran through guys. He just looked like an incredible, incredible athlete. I think he's going to be the one that could have like the best rapport with with Dak because they're they're going to be there long term. I don't see Gallup giving us a sweetheart deal because he's going to no. be a, no he'll he'll, he'll be gone. Be a Thirteen, fifteen million dollar receiver. He'll be gone. He, he should make a business decision to leave. As much as I hate to say it, I wouldn't give us a sweetheart deal like that. Like he's going to be gone. Cooper's still a great player. He's only twenty six. That's crazy. That's dude. nuts. He feels like he's been in the league for ten years. I know, I know. It, um, but yeah, he had um, he had uh, Ceedee Lamb number one. I think maybe Tyron Smith number two. He I said like he's that. got everything cleared up. Lyle Collins looks ready to go because Collins was a, kind of a weight issue, mm-hmm. wasn't it? Yeah, I don't think he expected there to be a season last year. So he just kind of like he just said fuck it. Went Golden Corral, yeah. three times a week. Um, but yeah, so um, mini camps wrapped up. A lot of any, good reports any out of there. Players that you heard like Parsons or Nation Parsons, Nation Wright, Cox. Um, haven't heard much about him. Um, nobody on the D line really. Um, That's kind of unfortunate. Yeah, but 
I mean, early days. Yeah, it's still early. Um, they are going to be back in Oxnard this year. They made that announcement. So yeah, training that. camp back in Oxnard. Um, so we're going to have a full regular off season. Dude, I can't wait for that first preseason game. I've already it's invited not, myself. Not long. It's like, like it's less than two months away. It's yeah, like, I was going to say because it's I like think six it was, weeks away. We're like eighty something, maybe eighty days away from the start of regular season. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, that's going to start a month before that. So. All right, so I've got some Cowboys over-under for you, and right. I'm going personal player over-unders. Okay. All right, you ready? I'm ready. Hit me. All right, Dak Prescott, over-under 4,200 pass yards. Over. I think I already said 45. Okay. I think uh, we got too many weapons. Okay. Amari Cooper, over-under 105 catches. Under. They're going to spread the ball around too much. Okay. Ezekiel Elliott, 11 rushing touchdowns. Oof. I could see – I think I'll go under, but just because that's kind of a big number and I think they're going to be a pass-oriented offense. But he's a bruiser, man. You get it within five yards, you got to give it to him. So I could see him getting 10 to 11. So that's almost like a push. I could see 10 to 11. If you would have said 10 and a half, I think I'd still take the under. Okay. I think 10. Uh, and I know the answer to this because I asked you pre-show. But uh, C.D. Lamb over under 1,200 receiving yards. He's going to be a little under. Okay. I could see, you know, 13 touchdowns because I think, I don't know, those goal, we have so many guys that can get it in the goal line. All those guys could win contested balls. That's what I love about them. They all run good routes, and they all, like, pinpoint that ball and go and get it. Micah Parsons, over under 80 solo tackles. Ooh, solo. I think he goes over, man. He's I think he's, like, sideline to sideline, like, eating all those, you know, like. What's sh- crazy is. Uh, Fish had a report that Demarcus Lawrence was watching film on Micah Parsons and said, hey, this guy can pass rush. So they got him some reps pass rushing off the edge, and Demarcus Lawrence has kind of taken him under his wing. Love it. New hot boy. (laughs) Oh, God, don't start with that. (laughs) Um, Last one, Cowboys defense over under nine takeaways. For the year? Something that we haven't been good at traditionally. We got to get more than nine, dude. Something that we haven't been good at. I know, but that's an embarrassing number. Uh, this is where we're I, at. I gotta say over. It might okay. be eleven, but I'll take the over. Okay. All right. So I just that was something fun I kind of thought of on the way over here. Just something oh, to nice. kind of grill you and put you on the spot. Um, okay. With that, uh, sports. Only other thing going on in my world. Well, not just my world. In the world is the Euro <laughs> twenty in the world twenty twenty, which is being played in twenty twenty one. Thanks to um, thanks to COVID. Um, we are going into the last day of the second, uh, second, second round of matches. So every, uh, every team in the tournament plays three group stage matches. Every, every team, but six teams have, uh, have played, uh, two matches. Um, so you've got Italy on top of group a, uh, followed by Wales, Switzerland, and Turkey, um, in group B, you've got Belgium, who's currently the number one ranked team in the world. Really? Yeah. Uh, they've, this is their that. golden era. So they've got three or four or five players that are just Sweet. top, you know, top My, players in the world. I think I know we're bad wagon. I'm jumping. Um, around. you got them top of the group, uh, followed by Russia, Finland, and <laughs> Denmark. Um, group C, uh, you've got the Netherlands again on six points, top of the group, followed by Ukraine, Austria, and North Macedo- Macedonia, who's making uh, their Euro debut. Uh, group D, uh, Czech Republic, 
as a surprising leaders tied with England, who's second, and then Croatia, followed by Scotland. Group E, you've got Sweden on top, uh, followed by Slovakia, Spain, and then Poland. And then Group F, which is the group of death, which is you've got Portugal, France, Germany, and Hungary. Damn. Um, I know three of those are really good. Yeah, well, Portugal's Portugal's defending Euro champions. France is defending World Cup champions. And then you've got Germany, who was World Cup 2014 champs. Jesus. I can see. um, It seems like there's always one group of death, though, right? Yeah. Every every tournament, there's a group of death. Damn. Um, France and Germany opened up the group, and it was a fantastic match. It was... uh, France took it 1-0 off an own goal. Oh, that uh, sucks. It, it sucked, but it was still a great match. Um, but they've got you know everything to play for in that match um, or in that group. Portugal, this group is one of the groups that still has uh, yet to play their, their second match uh, matches. But uh, Cristiano Ronaldo became the all-time scorer in the Euro in, in, this, in this tournament. Um, he scored two goals. Uh, yeah, that's high praise to be the... Yeah, and he's within striking distance of becoming the highest scoring player in international play of all time. Who's that, Pele right now? No, it's some, believe it or not, some Iranian player back in like the late 80s, early 90s. He's got like 104 goals. I think uh, Cristiano Ronaldo's like 98 or 99. He's he's within striking distance. At some point. Yeah, he's, and what's crazier is he's 35 or 36, and he's. Uh, just one of them. I I can't I can't stand him personally, but I respect his game. Um, he's one of the most incredible players to ever play. Great um, hair too. Yeah, he's got great hair, great body. You know, he's bodied up. Uh, but yeah, so we got uh, Euro twenty twenty in full swing. I'm loving it. It's like a mini World Cup. A lot of people consider it. They they consider it better than the World Cup, um, especially if you're just in Europe because that's where. I mean, honestly, isn't that where the vast majority of good soccer comes from? Yeah, because we're in South you, America too. And then you'll get like I guess Mexico's pretty good, and yeah, Brazil, Brazil, Argentina. But then it's Chile. like America, Canada. Like we're not contributing. Yeah, much. well, and then just like today, you know, uh, Scotland and England played um, their neighbors for one, and but it's the it was the first international match ever. I think eighteen seventy four between those two. Well, ever so in eighteen seventy four. Oh, you're talking the about first time one country played another country was England Scotland. Was England Scotland. I think they played one hundred and fifteen times, so and it was like it was a great match. School. It was nil nil, but it was a great match because Scotland. Um, uh, they really needed a point. They needed to pick up a point or some or even a win. Um, but it was a great match. It was nil nil. I know a lot of people think nil nil. How is that a great match? But it was a really good match. I watched it today at work. Um, I mean, you could watch a baseball game and somebody's won nothing, but that the one was like you know came off a no hit or like a guy pitched a no hitter, yeah, and yeah. the one came off a solo home run. You'd be like, that was an awesome game. Yeah, like so, a walk off home run. Really good game. Really good tournament. It'll really get good in. Um, uh, you know the knockout round after the group stage. That's you're gonna have to you're gonna have to text me some of these. Like, I will. When to I watch? Will. I will. Because um, I'm and I, I I don't keep up with it, but uh, I'll, I'll watch I'll, it. I'll let you know about good games. Cool. Um And I, I, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention this before I move on from the Euros. But I don't know if you've seen. I know you you've seen it, but I don't know if the listeners have heard. I'm sure they have. If they follow sports somewhat closely, but. uh Christian Eriksen from Denmark, he collapsed uh, on the pitch um, in their first group game against Finland. Uh, he had a cardiac event. He went into cardiac arrest. He was actually dead for about five to ten minutes. Jeez, um, dude. That's crazy. They ended up reviving him. Um, it was just a scary scene. Uh, I'm, I'm just thinking about it now. It's just... A, it, it just 
he, soccer aside, I mean, he's Denmark's best player. He plays, you know, uh, for one of the best teams in Europe. Um, he's everything for him. But the guy's a 29, 30-year-old. I mean, soccer players are some of the fittest people on earth, and he oh, just yeah. drops. He drops dead. And they had to paddle him on. Was it like an unknown, undiagnosed yeah. like, heart problem or something? Yeah. Because I saw a picture of him later on. And he was like, you know, thumbs up and everything. But it's like, no. I heard he died out and there. And what's crazy is <clears throat> one, uh, one of the before they kind of knew how serious it was. Because uh, the players, as soon as he dropped, because it was weird, he was kind of jogging toward the sideline because it was a throw-in so he was kind of like at a trot like toward the sideline like waiting to receive the ball they threw the ball into him and it kind of hit his feet and he just stopped and just fell damn and the players knew right away and they started waving the the medical team on but the cameras caught him when he was laying face down and you didn't know it when you were watching it but he was actually gone he was dead and he's looking kind of right into the camera and he is just I mean, I've got goosebumps because he's dead. They had to, they had to paddle him, but they're working on him, and his, his teammates are forming a wall around him. And then the Finnish, the Finnish fans actually threw their flags, you know, because a lot of them are wearing flags or waving yeah. flags. They threw their flags on the field to uh, create like a curtain, you know, to to escort him off the field. But it was hard to see the players. A lot of them were crying. Did they, they didn't finish the game, did they? They postponed it for like two hours, and they said they gave them two options. They could, I think, come back the next day and play, or I forget what the. But they ended up um, they ended up coming back like maybe two or three hours later. Where I think that was a mistake. I think they allowed games to be postponed forty eight hours for like COVID. I think. But a guy drops dead literally on the Yeah, I don't pitch. know if I could come back out and play that day. But they ended up losing. Finland uh, beat them later on that day, uh, 1-0. But, uh, yeah, uh, Damn. thoughts and prayers to Christian Eriksson. He did uh, get released today uh, from the hospital. And, like I said, we're recording Friday, March 18th – or uh, June 18th. And uh, he got fitted with a um, – it's like a heart defibrillator, like a heart-starting device um, that's attached to his heart. Um and I read an article about one athlete, uh, maybe a hockey player, that got fitted for one, and he got to come back and play. And then sounds like a hockey player. Yeah, probably came back that day. Yeah. Um, and then there was another athlete that got fitted with one, and ended up. Having, it was a cricket player, and he actually had to retire. But uh, yeah, thoughts and prayers uh, yeah. for Christian Eriksson. It was a scary scene. <coughs> you just don't expect to uh, to see that when you're uh, watching any kind of sporting event. Um, and I think the fans um, and both sides and really the whole tournament um, as a whole really handled it uh, with a lot of yeah, grace and You don't know respect. how to re- react in that situation. Not in so. the moment. Not in yeah. the moment. Um, so good for them for but yeah, it was, it was a scary taking scene. action. Um, so uh, prayer, thoughts and prayers out to his, his people and – uh, I think Denmark dropped. Uh, yeah, they they dropped their game uh, today against uh, Belgium, which was a good game. Uh, but yeah, so that's it for sports. Unless you got anything else, so we'll go ahead and get into what are we watching and what are we listening to, and then we'll get on out of here. Cool. Um, I've been listening to a new podcast called Algorithm. It's uh, about this one man's quest to use. Uh, math and algorithm algorithms to track down serial killers so um one episode in um that's the basic premise the other one is called the devil within and it's about 
uh, this kid murdered his mom, and it's again another one of those that's kind of tied into like the satanic panic. And you know, this kid was in a cult, and how that played a role in it. Damn. Um, and I watched a Netflix series called The Sons of Sam. I don't, I told you about it. I don't yeah, know if you ever watched we it. Was, oh, we were so close, but we went in different directions. What I'm gonna talk about, but Claire's, we're, we're gonna watch it. Man. And there was a companion um, podcast that went along with it that dove deeper. Uh, uh, from the same guy that made the the documentary, it dove deeper into the documentary and and went just really deep. So both of those are really good. Um, and other than that, yeah, I've just been watching uh, the Euros and uh, yeah, that's that's about it. Would you recommend watching all of Sons of Sam's before starting the podcast, or is like listen to or watch episode one, listen to episode one, something like um, that? Um, I forget. <sighs> Or maybe just like blow through the series. Watch, and watch, the watch because there's only four uh, on the Netflix. on the on the documentary. Yeah. yeah, watch those, and then that way you have all the kind of the base knowledge, and then uh, dive yeah. into the podcast. Because I want to watch not only because I want to watch that show, because then I can listen to the podcast with it. Yeah, so. I would I would watch the because um, I listened. I think the first three episodes of the podcast, and then watch the series, and then oh, went yeah. back. I'd probably want to do it yeah, the other way do around. It, yeah, do it uh, documentary first, then the podcast. All right, well, for me, uh, I'll go listening first. I listen to this podcast called, uh, it's called The Followers House of Prayer. Um, yeah, was, that one was fucked up. Yeah, it was really fucked up. It was probably the, I was going to say, did you listen to the whole thing? Yeah. It was probably <laughs> the most fucked up, like, podcast I've listened to. Yeah. It was, um like, years later, this daughter calls the police about memories of, um, of her mother alleged crimes from years ago um, about a cult. A disappearance of a child and murder is how they describe it. So her mom was the leader of this cult, like in Florida, in like the eighties. Basically, I think it was just throughout the eighties, and um, it was just it was just terrible. Like everyone called her mother, so she was like the mother of the cult. And just the way they treated these children, like each episode had like a different kid's name. It got hard, man. Yeah, and each one would be like they would tell you about this kid and. They left this one little boy in the closet. Left him in the closet just to die. Yeah, then they burned his body. And then... uh, The kid who had to go to Puerto Rico, they were like, you have to choose between me, you know, Mother Anna, the queen of this cult, or this little boy. And everyone chose, you know, her. So they're like, all right, then you have to take your boy to Puerto Rico. Because the dad was Puerto Rican, but they're like, he lives in Florida. Like, they've never even been to Puerto Rico. And they're like, you have to take your son to Puerto Rico and leave him there and come back. So they had to just leave. The mom just left him on a church and, like, left. And, like, they never – she's like, I still don't know what happened to my little boy. And each episode was just, like, another grueling story about, like, what happened to these kids. I mean, like, several kids died. And, you know, like, full disclosure, man, like – I'm an uh, epi- what's it called empathetic crier, so when I hear stuff, even if it doesn't affect me personally, like if it happened 30 years ago, if it was involving like a child or like a dog or something, man, like I'll get fucking emotional. Yeah. So I'm listening to these podcasts and I'm listening to these just hell that these kids went through. I mean, there was a little girl that you know they said, oh, that she's possessed by the she's possessed, you know, like this is a possessed little girl. So they took away all her medicine and just let her die. You know, like, you listen to all this, and I was getting, like, fucking teary-eyed, man. Like, listen to how they just treated these little kids. So, it was probably the most grueling thing I've heard, like, podcast-wise. I'm with you, though. Like, two rules. Don't fuck with kids, and don't fuck with animals. Yeah, so when I hear that... Maybe three. Like, don't I, fuck with old people. Old people can, can deserve it, though. Like, it feels, you know... Mother I mean, Anna, yeah. Mother Anna, all the Nazis got old, some Nazis <laughs> aged. But, like, children, like, children are just you know so I mean, innocent... Though. 
Wait, what? I was like, you know what I mean. Like, I, I... Oh, yeah, like like your grandma's a sweet lady. Like, don't fuck with my grandma, but you can fuck with Hans, you know, from Mighty Ducks because he was hey, a Nazi. He wasn't a fucking he Nazi, He was a Nazi, dude. we know this. But, you know, anything involving children where it's like, because they just don't deserve that, man. Like, they don't know, you know, what what's going on. They don't know what hate is or what well, cruelty is until it's... Well, they're so pure. That's, that's, that's what, what, that's what makes kids heart. so so great. Is that they're pure. Yeah, and they don't know the shit that's really in the world. So when they get exposed to it, I think that's when, like, a kid's childhood ends. Is when they first, like, face real fear or when they first, like, see, like, true hatred. And that's, like, when your childhood ends. When you realize, like, there is mean people in the world. There's people in the world that want to hurt you or want to do this to you. Like, childhood's over, man. Once you realize, like, that's the world we live in. Yep. So it was just hard to listen to, man. Like, it was, I don't want to say it was good, but I listened to the whole thing. But at the same time, you're like... I, just, I hope this lady like dies. In it was one bed. of those, and it did, it was like the first time. Like I'm glad I'll be glad when this is over. Yeah, but I, but I, I was I hooked. Just, you know, like I had to that's figure what I'm saying. out. I, I don't want to describe it as interesting, but I, as soon as one episode ended, I started another one. I had to figure. It, I had to see it. See it out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was. It was tough. It was to rough, listen to, man. man. So as as fathers, like yeah, that was tough. Uh, watching though. That's why I wanted to do that first, so I can be like, so Get this is what I'm watching. Uh, this is on Netflix. It's called Blown Away. It's a glass-blowing competition. Oh, God. So Literally blown away. Yeah, so, you know, it's great for Claire because, you know, she owns her shop. It's a mosaic shop, which mosaics like glass art. So that's what she does for a living is make art out of glass. And this show is really cool because it's like a mixture of Project Runway and Forged in Fire. So it's like they have, like, ten contestants. They have, like, two judges, and then they always bring, like, a guest judge for the theme. And they'll give you the theme for the week, and, you know, it could be, like, make a superhero or supervillain out of glass. And they just get a couple assistants. They pick their glass. They blow it. They shape it. They show you just how it's made. And just glass blowing itself is just so cool, you know. It's something that's been going on since, like, the medieval times, like, yeah. glass blowing. Yeah. So just to see that whole process and to see just someone take, like, this molten piece of glass. They put it in what they call a glory hole which burns at 2,000 degrees. They take it out. They shape it. You know, it's just a really cool process. And then when they're done... They do the presentation, and this and this is where it's like Project Runway because you do the presentation. They tell you like what this what this piece means to them, what it represents, and then they judge. And one person le- one gets like this person blew us away, and that's the winner. They don't get anything; they're just safe. And then one person goes home. Is that they, pun intended? Yeah, they're so okay. dude. Okay. Oh my god, I should say there's about seventeen puns per episode. <laughs> this host, he looks like. Uh, like what's it we call him? Like the Kirkland's version of like Adam Scott, you know, from Parks and Rec. Yeah, oh yeah. So he's a he's a good looking guy, you know. He's handsome. He's got like nice fashion. Like he's like a total metrosexual. He's like I can't tell if he's gay or not, but he could definitely like you know paint my nails. Like not that it matters. Time. But he just pun city, dude. Every chance he gets, and he's cheesy about it too because he'll like make a big grin when he I'm says it. He's it like, yeah, like that one. So. Yeah, now that you brought that up, dude, there's so many puns. But it's a good show. Uh, I mentioned that we watched The Mitchell vs. Machines. We watched that twice, actually. Um, and I was trying to describe it to Claire. I was like, it's not the best movie I've seen all year. because you know. It's, but I was like, it's the most enjoyable movie I've seen all year. Like, it was really well made. Like, great idea. You know, the whole technology is going to take over the world. And, you know, kind of living in that situation. But, you know, it was just really fun. Ellie really liked it. Uh, but we're going to have a sleepover again tomorrow. Maybe watch Luca. I don't know. Maybe watch like Scooby-Doo. And last but not least, Big Brother. Big Brother comes back July 7th. And I'm, I'm on board this year, so we're going to add in 
Uh, I'm, 120 I, seconds. I, I, we may just brother. add in a quick little, you know, Big Brother segment. Now, just, um, just forewarned, though, it's three nights a week. Wow, that's yeah. commitment. Okay, no, I'm committed. I said I was committed. <laughs> it's but the, you may get a lot of questions from me in the beginning. Oh, just that's fine. Getting my bearings I feel like me kinda... at, talking to you about soccer. Like I'm the know-it-all now, okay. so I get to explain it and feel smart. But I mean, we got I'm buddies. At, we got friends that are like completely down with it. So you know, it's like we got people that can. Well, I may I, if it's cool with you. I know you like your solitude for the first couple. If it works out, I may come over here and watch them with you. Okay. All right. Claire's going to watch it, too. She loves that show. All right. Um, It's like a con family tradition. My parents watch it. My grandma watches it. All right. Uh, uh, Anything else? One other thing. Claire and I's 14th anniversary is coming up in a couple days. She'll probably never hear this, but I just want to say I love you. We've been together since year after high school. A lot of people couldn't believe it when we started dating just because we were like – Polar opposites, you know, in high school. And you're, you outkicked your coverage. Um, yeah, very, very much so. She's very pretty. Um, you know, she rents a great small business here in town that's, like, locally known, and hopefully people appreciate it. Um, she did, You know, she's done commissioned art for the city. She teaches yoga. She does a whole lot. She's a great mom. She's my best friend. Aww. And I love you, Claire. Well, congratulations to you two. Happy anniversary. But yeah, the thing is, though, we're not sure. It's either today. <laughs> we're not sure. It was either. I was like, okay, it was a Thursday. I remember that because I asked her out like via phone. I was working at the movie theater, and I just texted like, hey, you can be my girlfriend. This is after we'd gone on like a couple dates and everything. But uh, it was it was a Thursday, but it was either the 18th or the 20th. So we don't know. It could be today. It could be split, Sunday. Split the difference. Just call it the 19th. Call it the, that's what we've always said. Like, it doesn't matter. It's But 14 years, man, it's almost half our lives together. <laughs> that's awesome, man. That's awesome. Um, But you are not done, sir. What? You are not done. I think you owe me an apology for my banana rant. Oh, get the fuck out no, of here. No, the people need to know. <laughs> One person agreed. The people need All to right, know. so what happened on, uh, I listen to sports radio because I'm in my truck, you know, like five hours a day, and the, on KMC Masterpiece, they do My Buddy's an Idiot. So, <laughs> for some reason, I was like, I'm going to tell him about Matt hey, Runt's take. I have a buddy who's an idiot. Yeah, and I said, my buddy's an idiot. He thinks banana runs are the best. And they actually read it on the radio, and I, it was Corey Majors, and he's like, you know what? He's right, but. Banana runs are the best. And I text you back. I was like, fuck. Someone agreed with you. I was like, it was one guy. Dude, I was Everybody so... else on the radio was like, he's right. They are the worst. Like, that guy's Dude. terrible. And, but one guy agreed with you. And he said it online. They said it on the radio. I was so, so got happy. got verification from one Corey Majors agreed with I you. I was so happy when I got that text. Okay, now you're done. I just right. wanted the people yeah, to know. Yeah, right. you're right. One person did agree with okay. you. Okay. Anybody else, though, like, no one else agreed with you from our fans, from our family, Lauren threatened to leave you. She did. <laughs> Landry <laughs> shook his head. Couldn't believe that was his dad. He didn't even know what runs were. <laughs> he just knew I was wrong. Uh, all right, but that's going to do it for us. Uh, this was a fun one. Yeah. This is this was a, a fun one. We had a lot That's why I said. We yeah. had a lot of content. Barely talked Cowboys, but just a lot of other stuff going on. No, uh, but we, uh, again, we thank <laughs> each and every one of you for listening and staying with us and supporting us. Uh we do have some stickers made up. Brady, super fan Brady, I've got one for you with your name on it. Lauren's got it in her purse. The next time you go to the pub, you've got a sticker waiting on you, bub. Uh, this was just a rough print run. We just we got a sample just to see how they would turn out. We got some tweaks to do. Um, 
but we've got that coming. Uh, we've also got some t-shirts. Lauren's working on some t-shirts as well. So we're still working on that. Um, again, this isn't our full-time gig. We both have full-time jobs. We do this once a week. If this is our full-time gig. We would be dead broke. Right I'd be now. living. We'd be living together. We'd be splitting a van. Uh, yeah, probably. But anyway, we're, all that's coming down the pipe. You know, it's coming. So uh, we appreciate each and every one of you listening. Um, but for Matt, I'm Andrew. We're out.